Hi, I'm Marco Sparks. And I'm James Taylor. And joining us today because she won the contest is... Rose Coffee. Thank you for having me on, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Uh, so if you've been listening to the pod in the past, you know that uh, we put a book out and we had a contest uh, for the winner. could co-host a uh, podcast on the movie Do Revenge with us, which stars my or no, it doesn't star. It uh, features my Rafiko, uh, who is NPL Original Sin. She's a, a minor player in this movie. Uh, the contest was uh, take, take a picture of your copy of the book and send it to us. Extra bonus points for leaving a review. Rose won. Uh, we had a couple of runner-ups who will do like some commentaries or some other episodes with us uh, in the future, but you're the big winner, Rose, so thank you so much for participating and supporting the book and uh, joining us today. I'm so excited. I love the book. I probably tweeted at you guys extensively about the book, <laughs> but I'm also excited to be doing this movie with you. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. And you did finish the book, right? I want to make sure we don't spoil anything for you. Yes. Okay. I, I completely finished it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. At the end of this podcast, we'll probably have a spoilery discussion of the book if anyone's curious or, uh, you know, has read the book themselves. Um, but, yeah, if you haven't read the book yet, then turn the podcast off, go buy the book and read it, and then come back, you know. Uh, my name is Trouble.com. Book about a girl detective named Trouble. Okay, enough of that. Do Revenge. This is a movie that's written and directed by Jennifer Caton Robinson. Uh, she also had Celeste Ballard as a co-writer. Um, I was looking at the director's credits and she's like, she was on, she was like a producer on Hawkeye and she did Sweet Vicious, um, good show. movie called Someone Great that I've heard good things about. Oh, she wrote, Thor. Not great. She, she was a co-writer on Thor as well. Wow. Yep. And she managed to that. escape all the Thor. Yeah. That all, that all fell on Taika for sure. Sweet um, Vicious was good. Someone Great is not that great. I don't think Rose, mm-hmm. did you see it? I have not seen any. I mean, I've seen the superhero stuff. I haven't seen anything else. Okay. So as far as this podcast is concerned, I can say this is a bad movie and no <laughs> one can disagree with me. Nice. That's <laughs> so great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess she's in like the Marvel, you know, uh, stable there of writers. She's doing Hawkeye and, and Love and Thunder. Uh, but she's breaking out her own right and directing Do Revenge as a Netflix movie, I believe, right? Well, so is someone great. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, starring um, another Maya, Maya Hawk, and Cami Mendez from uh, Riverdale fame. And I guess those are the main two stars. I hadn't really heard of most of these other people. Oh, Sophie Turner has like a small role in it. That's about it. There's, there's a lot of actors that young people know, like Austin Abrams, the dreaded. Yeah, who is that despicable. guy? He's, he's a despicable piece of shit. That's who he is. I just, he's like the big man on campus, but he looks like he's five foot two. I just I didn't understand it. He looks like a a sleazier Sprouse, yeah, like a Sprouse that. first cousin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, he's like the Sprouse who like definitely sell you drugs. Yeah, all right, but um, he's like take a Sprouse and make him evil. That's what he looks like. Yeah. So, do your revenge, Rose. Um, let's let's hear your your thoughts. Just kind of like, what are your general thoughts on this movie? So I watched this movie twice. I watched it first the weekend it came out. And then uh, I watched it again just to take notes and stuff. And so the first time I watched it, I loved it so much. I'm a huge Sarah Michelle Gellar fan. So when she was in it, I'm like, okay, I need to watch this immediately. 
um, when I rewatched it, I'm like, there are so many troubling things in this movie. <laughs> but I think if you go into it with like, oh, this is kind of like a retro 90s to the early 2000s movie, then you can enjoy it. If you go into it like as a teen, I would expect you, I would think the teens hate this movie. I, I, I don't know anything about that, but I, I overall enjoyed it. I'll say that. All right. All right. Marco, your turn. Uh, I mean, a progressive remake of an Alfred Hitchcock, Patricia Highsmith joint. I should, I should love this, especially a movie that's apparently very pro eating ass. Um, you know, also I, I clearly love the nineties. I have so many thoughts. nineties. Uh, yeah. Um, it's like a nightmare version of the Janice Ian and Regina George storyline um, with worse fashion. Um, Cami Mendez, like this isn't the role, but this is the role that makes me think she deserves a real role because I think Riverdale really is like an anchor holding her down. Uh, I don't know. I, I wanted to love this movie. I was never bored watching it. I don't know if I necessarily like it per se, but the message is, so you're a terrible person. Is that so terrible? Like I said, on theory or on paper, I like a lot of this, but I don't know. We'll find out in the discussion. Take us home, James. All right. Bring it. Revenge. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to think about this movie. It was definitely wasn't the torture session. Some of the other stuff we've watched, including PLL Original Sin. Um, <laughs> I, to me, it kind of felt like like neither. What's the expression? Neither uh, feast nor foul or whatever. Like it, it seemed like it was kind of a satire. But then it also kind of embraced and celebrated its characters at the same time. And so I, I like I was having trouble nailing down the tone. It seemed like it wanted to kind of be a little more edgy and then it would like always kind of back off, you know, and, and like kind of go for like the pop song montage instead. So it, I, I just felt like it I, I, I'd love to know the if the original version of the script is like maybe hit a little harder because every time I thought it was like going to start taking the piss out of these characters, it would back off and be like, no, aren't they awesome? Like. Eventually, I was like, I don't really know who I'm rooting for here. Like, they both seem fairly terrible, but not. I, I don't know. It's like the movie wasn't reveling in their awfulness enough for me. I was just kind of in like this middle space the whole time where I just wasn't quite sure what the point of it was. And I, the there's like some twists at the end that I think like just don't hold up at all, like plot wise. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I think Maya Rafiko is like a background character in this role in in this wasted. Movie. She could have been the Camila Mendez part. I don't think you'd really. I feel I feel like that'd be an upgrade personally, but um, I don't know. I, I wanted this movie to go harder than it did. I guess that's just that's just me these days. One of our main characters commits a worse sin than being a bad person. They're a boring person. Yeah. Also, it's a 90s movie. It so desperately wants to be a 90s movie, but everyone talks like they talked on Twitter a year ago. Well, there was moments, like there's one part where the Cammy Mendes character is saying something like, are you really going to oppress like a, you know, like a poor like woman of color? And I thought they were like, it was like, oh, they're joking. Like they're kind of like making fun of this type of person. But it's like, no, they're serious. Like it's th- th- that line was not meant to be taken satirically as far as I can tell. Oh my gosh, I want a drinking game where every time she mentions that she is not white, you take a drink and then you will be wasted by the end of the movie. Like, it's like, do you get that she is not white and that she is poor? I was like, and poor. Don't forget, yeah. and poor. But, but it's <laughs> like, 
it's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being either of those things, you know, and you should champion those sorts of people, but like somebody who would go, go around Patreon, saying that, you non-pores. Yeah. So someone who'd go around <laughs> saying that about themselves, like, I feel like that's like in real life, not even on Twitter or anything. You're just like constantly going around, like kind of using that as a weapon against other people. It seems like they wanted, they were like making a joke about it, but then at the same time, it's like, are you not? Is this, are we just supposed to take this as like a serious person? But like half the characters in the movie are not white, which yeah. yay, like that's yeah. awesome. But it's like her point is not getting a grasp here. <laughs> I think some of it is is intended to be like satirical, it's, it's like and sarcastic, satirical, yeah. But but like yeah. it loses like that wink that you need on some mm-hmm. of it because I mean when he unveils whatever his group. Is, is like cishet men for champion yeah, yeah. women yeah like yeah. it's like okay this this is a joke but i feel like we're just not leaning into it as much as i want them to to like really make fun of it i mean let me let me pay the bills on the name of this podcast real quick mm-hmm. jen kate and robinson could absolutely take over season two of original sin and it would be better oh sure mm-hmm. i mean yeah. anyone could but mm-hmm. like i think for doing uh, wanting to make a piece of art that's still very progressive and, and for a woke audience like this was less cringeworthy than those moments in original sin it seemed to be more in on the joke at least yeah than yeah. original sin yeah uh which once again welcome back to zarya's favorite podcast <laughs> uh well should we ever actually discuss that on the pod or just leave it be no i'm good okay all right um, but yeah, so I don't know any other thoughts where we want to dive into the plot here. I mean, it's, I kept wondering while watching this, I'm like, do teens actually like this or do adults who think that this is what teens are like, like this, you know, like, like I, would, I was like half tempted to like text one of my nephews and just be like, do you like, what is, how did this hit with you? Like, is this, are, are the youths into this kind of thing or do they think it's dumb? Is there a I version like of this movie showing on TikTok? Yeah, I'm sorry. What were you saying, Rose? Yeah, sorry. Uh, I feel like all the references are really old, so I can't understand how this would be a teen movie. Yeah, I thought it was funny. There's a bunch of '90s music in this movie. It's it's and it's like mm-hmm. very much like late '90s too. But then there would rent like also just be like these kind of millennial pop songs that are definitely not '90s in like a bunch of scenes too. And so like it was like, what vibe are you guys going for here? I I had to wonder if that was something that Netflix was like. We need some, we need some like more current music because mm-hmm. uh, because Jim K. Robinson, I was like, is she our age? No, she's thirty four, but she knows where I don't know. A good, she knows where the last honest teen movies were made. Yeah, I and mean, I think there's definitely a lot of inspiration from those nineties teen comedies like Clueless, and she's all that. Like I- I feel like this movie was written for me, a 35-year-old <laughs> white woman. Like, that is the audience. Like, mm. that's who's going to get all the references, knows all the music. It's me. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's um, let's dive into the movie here. It starts with the, uh, like, the Porsche, a pink Porsche driving up the license plate and, and kind of glitter around. It says D-U-M-B-T-C-H, dumb bitch. Uh, and this is um, this isn't Drea, right? No. Do we see who drives the dumb yeah. bitch car? I don't know if we do. It's, it's n- nobody in like not a main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the other thing about this movie. There are a lot of characters, 
Like at one point they're like, "Oh, that's Allegra," and I'm like, "Who the who, who is Allegra?" Allegra, the Instagram witch. Yeah. Which I'm like, that sounds like a spinoff. <laughs> I'd rather watch because <laughs> she kept showing up, and it's just like, I bet she's got an interesting story. But then we, we cut away. Well, the the sister, like the lesbian sister, shows up at one point, and I'm like, wait a minute. Have you been on screen before? And I just didn't notice. Like, who are you? You're acting like you've been on screen already. And and I don't remember you. Uh, Maybe the character with the most swagger in the whole movie. Yeah. Like at that party scene, when she runs into Eleanor uh, in the kitchen, I thought they were going to straight up scissor right there on the, on the Island. They were like, so vibing on each other. Um, We'd rather watch a movie about her. Yeah, so Drea's on this Teen Vogue list. Uh, her superpower, I guess, is that she's hungrier for things and success and accomplishments because she's secretly a poor. Though she's not really secretly a poor. Well, this party that they roll up to is like clearly like like the party for like multimillionaire children, you know. But mm-hmm. it's like, but she's poor and her mom's a nurse. We never meet the mom. We never really see her, quote unquote, being poor at all. But and it's like she shows up and it's like she's this glamorous, like, you know, one percent of the one percent of the one percent here in uh, South Florida. But I don't know. It was it was weird that we never saw, like, you know, the Cinderella having to go back home part of it. No. I feel like the beginning of the movie is a satire. And then the second half of the movie is like, oh, we're taking all that back. It's a serious movie. So. I enjoy the beginning where it's like the party is very 90-esque. You know, it's like, oh, in the 90s, this is what we're told. This is what a high school party is. And uh, the I love how the movie, like, is tongue-in-cheek and says, like, oh, is this party over the top? Points to the topiary with mm-hmm. Drea. And it's like, no, it's understated. You know, like, so... I I enjoyed that. I'm like, okay, this is my vibe at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> I agree with you, even though I also think the second half of the movie is campier than fuck. I mean, yeah. the the, the post twist is it she's campy like a, or is it trying to be campy? Because I feel like those are two right. different things. I I don't know. I mean, what's are you like, getting like Jawbreaker vibes? Yeah, I think I am getting <laughs> Jawbreaker vibes from this fucking movie. But like when she's I like, I think it wants to be Jawbreaker. Yeah. When she's in the fucking like mirrored tub being like, it was me, the author of all your pain, you know? Um, If if I could go off on a slight tangent here, and I promise this will eventually have a point. Um, One of the podcasts I listen to just because I'm an old dude is uh, Bill Stone's podcast. He's like a sports guy. Um, He will occasionally, he's like, he sold his company to Spotify for 200 million. He's some rich dude in LA. Occasionally he brings his daughter onto the pod. I think she's like 17 now. To just like be like, what what are the use up to, you know, and the daughter will talk about these like rich kid parties that she goes to in L.A. where like they have to have like a good Instagram to get an invite. Like if your Instagram isn't interesting enough, you don't get the invite and whatnot. And like that's what all this kind of teen society made me think of is like it's like this is written by somebody in L.A. probably even though it takes place in Florida. it, It makes me think of these L.A. like, you know, private school, you know, academies, these like country day. Where it's like these are where all like the rich kids or the rich people's kids go and they're all like way too privileged and like their lives don't reflect like any sort of normal teenager's life in any way at all. It's like they all think they're like these mini celebrities and influencers, you know, which was I think it was meant to take place in L.A. And then 
due to filming in Netflix, it got moved to Florida and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, the fashion, of course, in this movie, par for the course, is bananas. Um, at this party, I feel like Camilla Mendes is wearing basically Patrick Bateman's rain slicker that he's going to cut up <laughs> Paul Allen in, but like make it fashion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. With cupcakes with her face on them. Yeah. So I think they imply that her friend Tara is paying for all this. Was it Tara's house too? I think so. Okay. Because it's Tara like, is... oh, she's poor, but she has access to, you know, despicable wealth through her friends. There's like one genuine scene of Tara. And then I feel like the rest of the time she's a sketched out character. Okay. Like, 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 like barely drawn out. Not like she's sketchy. Um, like, and then Austin Abrams as Max walks in this party. Like he's douchebag Jimmy Olsen with that fucking camera slung over his hip. Although, like I said, the uh, snapping your fingers and like fireworks, that's not a bad move. Like a magician? Yeah. Um, one of the like random girls, there, like, there's like just video playing about um, our character. What's her name? Drea. Drea. Um, Drea. And these these random chicks are watching it. And one, one of them is reminding me of Mona says, God, Ariana, you sound like you want to wear her skin. <laughs> she has amazing skin. So, which is like a Mean Girls reference. Yeah. The okay, I'm trying to remember. Uh, Maya Fico, her character's name is like Montana or something. She's Montana for some yeah. reason. Yeah. But like the other girl who wants to like burn someone's hair, mm-hmm. she has all the things. It's mm-hmm. almost like you don't need the Maya Fico. Maya Fico's thing is like she has like stuff in her teeth a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, she's supposed to be like the Karen from Mean Girls. But yeah. then, like, she, I don't think her character ever got to that point. Like, no. it feels like a lot of her scenes got cut. Yeah, she's supposed to be kind of the, the ditzy Amanda Seyfried. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like it's like they cut all her good bits or something. So she's just sort of there. Well, I think you, I think you nailed one thing, too. This movie is, does not need to be two hours long. Yeah, it's a bit long. Like, there is no legal reason that this should be two hours long. <laughs> Uh, Austin Abrams though I think he's perfect casting he's a he's a hateful little shit of a fuck boy um, I guess he's in a bunch of things he's in Amazon movies I think he's in what was that Chemical Hearts movie uh, Euphoria I have despised him since he wasn't fucking good enough for Lily and Dash and Lily um, and they had to cancel that show because he's so not good enough for that character yeah I've never heard of this guy before but um Oh, he was in Tragedy Girls. We did that movie for Headcan, and I don't remember him at all. I hope they killed him. Probably. I feel like the movie tries to trick us into liking him, but he's such a douchebag. Like, you can't, you can't ever like him. You know, like, you, you never even question that he released the video. Like, you don't think, oh, this is a good guy. Like, you know, oh, this this is a shithead. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not. That, yeah. So I I think, like, I like him as an actor, but I don't think he was great for what I think the movie was trying to do. I mean, it's it's interesting, though, because Drea knows immediately. And in a way that, like, okay, her instincts are correct. Why would you ever question it? Mm-hmm. The movie never really challenges his initial assertion that he that he was hacked and he didn't purposely oh, yeah. so, leak the thing but it's like it's like it's like the movie's tea and they're just steeping what a douchebag he is in your face the entire two hours 
So you guys are mentioning kind of the inciting incident here after she has her big like I'm awesome celebration about how she's in like Teen Vogue and she's on the cover of the student magazine or whatever. She's making out with her boyfriend in the car and he's just like, oh, I'm going to miss you this summer. You think you could send me like some nudes or whatever. And so she goes home and she like does some sort of like, you know, nude video for him. And then like the next day at school, she realized it's like everyone's like sharing it online. It's like, oh, no, my nudes leaked. Like, and she's sure that he did it. And he's just like, I didn't. And like, I don't know, it seemed like it was just weirdly vague. She's like, oh, my God, it was you. And he's like, no, I got hacked. And then she punches him out. And like, that's kind of it. Like, there was no no real investigation into what went on beyond that. It was just sort of like this. He said, she said, I guess, at that point. Well, I never understood how far away is tennis camp, because presumably that's the reason why there's distance mm-hmm. and he needs a video of her inputting the Konami code on herself or whatever. Like he drops the I love you kind of like in order to get it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, he he all seemed like a scumbag in the movie to me. So I I always assumed it was him. But I was like, why is the movie playing so coy? Like it mm-hmm. it's like this. I don't know. The movie does it in a couple of places where it's like there's these major plot points that things are going to swing on that the movie's kind of ignoring completely or not really giving it much attention to. Well, to the point where, yeah, the movie starts with revenge porn. I couldn't tell if Eleanor was like hand-wavingly dropping that she framed Carissa later for the, for the planted drugs. Mm. Cause she makes a comment about, I just learned how easy it is to plant drugs on someone or frame someone for having drugs. But did she really frame her? Yeah, I was thinking that the second time. But I think what she's referring to is when Drea drugs the school Mm -hmm. and blames Carissa, not for the drugs in the in the greenhouse. Maybe is she referring to Erica, the Sophie Turner character? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which, like, can we t- do can we not talk have about her? cocaine? I don't know what it looks like. It was bold to put a Sophie Turner documentary footage oh into God, this movie. God. I thought that she was like at an 11 where everybody else in this movie is like at a seven. And it was just very jarring. It yeah. was like almost like, cartoonish. I feel like she understood the assignment and nobody else did, though. I I love Sophie Turner in this movie. <laughs> it was like she was intentionally doing the I have an accent, but I'm trying not to have an accent accent. It's oh, like yes. in and out the whole time. I I think she's leaning into it with the yeah. I do not have cocaine. Yeah. But yeah, so we get away from the school eventually, the the entirely mint and lavender school and Sarah Michelle Geller, who what do we think I guess of those is colors is purposely written like she's the Catherine character from Cruel Intentions all grown yeah. up. Yeah. And the the girls are like obsessed with her. They have this like whole bit later. They're like, Oh, I want her to run over me with her Tesla and, and back up. Okay, the other line is 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 actually choice. The uh, I want her to stuff me like a taxidermy thing, and then hang me on the wall like a prize. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, then then Maya Hawk shows up in the movie. Um, she's a Billie Jean King in a sea of Maria Sharpova, as we're told. Well, she immediately kind of announces that she's shady by saying like she doesn't, you know, Dre doesn't know it yet, but we're about to become besties, and so like you're already kind of on guard with her. So well, and it's a difference because at the beginning we have Drea as the voiceover, mm-hmm. and now at this point where almost brutal comes on as almost the opening mm-hmm. uh, credits. So then it's like, okay, now we're on the main character Maya. You know, like she's 
she's the real deal is what I felt. For like 30 seconds, I thought we were suddenly seeing a flashback and it was going to be like one year ago. Like this, this is, this is the revenge was the, the, the leaked nudes. And we're going to see like how that all came about or something to explain like who really leaked them. But no, it was not. Okay. So she comes to tennis camp without a specific plan to, to like do in Drea, right? Like she just knows I need to get close to her. Because honestly, until they get into the car ride, and all this hinges on how successful is this nose job, apparently, and the four <laughs> years' passage of time, which, by the way, of all surgical procedures, calling it a rhinoplasty isn't necessarily cruel. But, like, she gets in the car. I mean, Drea could have full-on been like, oh, it's Nosy Nora. You know what I mean? And it's just, like, revenge ended. Oh, yeah. So the, the big twist in the movie is that uh, the Maya Hot character has been she she's not like a just a friend who wants to help uh Drea get her own revenge. It's like she is trying to get revenge on Drea, and this is all this like masterful plan from the start to like screw her over. But it all hinges on the fact that Drea wouldn't remember like not not just wouldn't remember the Maya Hawk character, but wouldn't remember this very specific story, this thing that she did to Maya Hawk, where she like, you know, like Maya Hawk like came onto her and she lied and said she was like tried to hold her down and kiss her or something like that. And and it's like that ostracizer. Like Maya Hawk tells her this story but says that somebody else did it. And Drea is like has no reaction at all. Like, kind of that sounds very familiar to something I did. You know, it's like it's like I we just have to go with the idea that she would just would have forgotten about it. I guess she does it a lot or something. Or 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 I think Eleanor is implying that this is classic Drea. Mm-hmm. As they have their big car ride full of backstory and third eye blind well Uh, i think like she initially just wanted to what i the movie is very vague mm -hmm. and so like going back and watching it a second time i'm like is i felt like she just wanted to confront drea but then when drea completely didn't even remember her that was when she was like, okay, I need to get revenge. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that tracks because seemingly it's like, she's just like, all right, I'm she's driving for one. So you don't know if she's going to do some crazy, like vanilla sky shit or something, but she's like, (laughs) I'm going to tell you all about this awful thing that was done to me by you. And I'm like, going to hope that you pick up on it. And then she, Drea just doesn't, she's like, Oh man, that sucks. Because she has taken the spark plugs out of Drea's car the night before. Mm Mm-hmm. To force her to like have to ride of her, yeah. So I mean, like, there's like Carissa's name is like like the first person she can think of to on this new thing onto. I think they, her and Carissa had something going on in the past, right? Like, yeah, she was upset because they were dating, and Carissa broke up with her because she's like, "This is too much for me." Mm. So she also wanted revenge on Carissa. It's like Drea okay. painted um, Eleanor like a predator. And so, so Carissa like, two, backed off. Two girls, one stone. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, so Eleanor's going to go to school with her at the Mitten Lavender High. Uh, the bathroom where they hatch their schemes doesn't seem real, doesn't seem hygienic. I'm not sitting on anything in a public bathroom, not even the toilet, if I can help it. Uh, but they're like lounging on like the window seat of this bathroom. <laughs> that is a very large yes. bathroom, yeah. It doesn't match with the rest of the school. The bathroom looks like it's falling apart. And the rest of the school looks like yeah. it's a castle. 
Yeah, the bathroom looks like it's from Sunnydale, and the rest of the school looks like it's from Cool Intentions. Uh, how do we feel about their like mint and lavender color scheme here? It it's nasty. It's <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's it's not an aesthetic that was designed for me personally. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought like because we we get the obligatory like I mean they even say like give me the cliche '90s movie tour the clicks or whatever. But I think because they're all wearing uniforms, it's kind of hard to tell the clicks apart. I think it would have. I, I know that they they want to do the whole school uniform thing, but it would have really helped if they'd done more to be like, oh, those are the weird witches, and you know, those are the nerds or jocks or whatever. Because like at, at some point, like the white Rastafarians, they're, they're kind of like running into various people, and it's like I don't even really know who that's supposed to be. Are, are those the theater horny theater kids? Are those the witches? You know, I mean, do we really even? play with like those clicks later on barely seemingly there's like the farm people the farm people yeah yeah um the only time the clicks come back up is when max it's revealed that max dated one person from each click mm -hmm. was the only other time only one person from each click max come on i mean that's that's a kind of restraint yeah (laughs) like what i love about the uniforms though is when Drea does her her makeover of, mm-hmm. of Maya's character. Oh, yeah. uh, she goes to school, and literally, that all that's different is she has a slight haircut and like bright blue eyeshadow. <laughs> like, what were they doing at that store? Okay, but the uh, the well, line who's, who's paying for all of it. Your new vibe is high status cunt is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, occasionally the movie would drop a line like that, and I'm like, oh, you do have a sense of humor. Okay. Well, honestly, from this point on, I felt like Camila Mendez was just like dropping like one great line she, delivery after she like, has, the way she says, yes. I'm shocked. This is shocking. I was just like, why isn't Riverdale giving you one iota of this? Yeah, I just uh, kept wondering during that makeover scene. I'm like, is, is, Eleanor paying for all this because as you've established, Dre, you're poor. So are you just like telling her to like put all this on her credit card or something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like like so Eleanor's new vibe is like she's supposed to be like the cool, aloof lesbian of a secret life. She seemed kind of boring to me, and she walks around post makeover like there was like a deleted storyline where she wore glasses and they took the glasses away and didn't give her contacts. I kept thinking that she couldn't see things the way she was like looking at the places. Yeah. Although it did seem like they were still trying really hard to make my, uh, Maya Hawk look like, like she isn't the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawk. Like she isn't just like, completely gorgeous, you know, but like they were giving her kind of like weird blotchy skin and stuff like that. And, but dressing her at a certain point, like just rejects from like three's company wardrobe. <laughs> Um, I mean, we love an insane wardrobe, you know, at least they're at least they're really going for it here rather than uh, in some other PLL spinoff shows I won't mention. (laughs) Like this is really cutting ahead and we can go back. But talking about her wardrobe, when she shows up to the homecoming party in the clear bucket hat (laughs) and just gobs of makeup, it looks like she's like a 40 year old divorcee trying yeah. to woo the pool boy it's like so ridiculous is that I like was, a look now or something i was straight up grossed out at the ivy party when she has that like slicked wet eyebrows thing going on 
I was like, what Vaseline did you smear in your massive eyebrows? I kind of wonder if that's a look. Like, I don't pay a ton of attention to teen culture, but like, I saw some like red carpet photo of uh, what's her face, uh, Eleven from Stranger Things. And she mm-hmm. looks like they she's trying to appear like she's 45 years old or something. Like, just like, I don't know what the current trend is in makeup, but it's it's rough. <laughs> it's the post Drake effect. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd rather watch a whole movie about Max's sister, even though I found her also barely there and at times boring in a way in that she didn't care to show up too much for this movie because she has her own cool movie that she's in oh what's her movie something else anything else whatever her character is doing it's that movie i like when they introduced her literally they said fuck you gabby (laughs) like someone is literally telling her to fuck off immediately yeah she's too cool for this movie yeah there's a lot of scenes where it's like, oh, Drea, she's staring at the picture of her boyfriend and she's crying and she throws against the wall. But like, I could never really, I don't want to say I couldn't, couldn't empathize with her because obviously that's a horrible thing to have happen to you. But like she, I, I wasn't buying her like inner tor- turmoil, I guess, just because she seemed so blase through most of the movie. The, the, the initial party scene, I didn't feel like was enough to set up like a, a love and devotion to the max character to then be like absolutely i'll send you like like a lewd nude video yeah. uh, and, and whatever people have the reasons they can do that that's it's you know her doing that is not the problem but yeah i just yeah like his 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 shit was just so apparent from the beginning so it was hard to sympathize of her i don't know being taken in by him also i got a good jumper ahead on him real quick Girl in every click. Is he fucking these girls or is he fucking with these girls? I don't think this guy has that that much jam. I mean, we hear from Drea that he's got a tiny dick, so you know. Yeah. You, you think but that I would mean, get around? You can't do school and the cishet whatever ally club and like also be fucking all of these girls at the same time. I mean, maybe he's just like hiring out all his schoolwork and whatnot on like TaskRabbit or something, you know, so he doesn't mm. actually have to do it. Mm. Yeah, that was the other thing, like. I feel like if we had gotten a scene of like Drea going home and like clearly seeing, Oh, she's, she's much less wealthy than these other people. And maybe she like, just something to like kind of bring her down to earth. I would have been a little more in on her character. Cause to me, it's like, she never read as not rich and they're like the conspicuous wealth in this movie. I found like pretty gross personally. So I'm like, I kind of hate all these people. Yeah. I mean, but I, I feel like they were so committed to the idea that, that Buffy is going to be the only adult in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like we're specifically not yeah, going to really. show any parents. I don't even think we do. We see teachers. No, this is we not a not a good class teacher. Movie. Do we? we see like when in the next scene, like after uh, when he says introducing senior class president Matt. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. And, right. and yeah. so that's the only other time we see him. Yeah. Um, even the Carissa character. Once you get away from the farm, because who the fuck cares about that like she seemed fun like i'd rather yeah. watch her movie um especially the whatever the rich kids sanitarium they get sent to at the end <laughs> like that looks fucking awesome where eric is yeah yeah um but yeah I, so that is her secret shrooms crop that she's got going on there presumably yeah it's like she's she really is growing all that like weed and, and shrooms but you know that she didn't put it in the food or whatever it just seems like a place that only happens in a rich high school in a, in a, in a Netflix movie. I mean, okay, very the, bold to be doing that on school grounds. 
Yeah. Like you're just assuming but, nobody's ever going to look. It's not even, it's like, it was like, oh, behind these other plants, there's some weed growing back here. It's like, no, that's like the whole greenhouse is drugs. I guess you get away with it when farm class doesn't even have a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, her friend, whose name I never even tracked in the movie. Tara? I felt, no, 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 no. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris's friend. Like the, uh, the cool British guy? Well, so, okay. Yeah, right. When the movie introduces Carissa and then this guy, I thought I was supposed to read him as like uh, he's got, some nerd. He's got the hair, yeah. He's some some ducky character, mm-hmm. and then it's like by the time he's ripping off Ten Things I Hate About You with Drea, I was like, oh, okay, he's kind of our love interest. He's our Joseph Gordon Levitt or whatever. Yeah, they both have their love interests. I don't. know, Maybe I'm just old, but is it was it just me or did it not really seem like they? were at all interested in actually developing romances like it was like i mean those two just like jump in the sack immediately which like whatever but it didn't it's like these are still high school students you know like it doesn't really seem like either of them is nervous or kind of like infatuated or anything it's like it's like they might as well be 28 and this is just like another one night stand to them also You've done the scene now where she's super unenthused about the cunnilingus yeah and she's like what 17 <laughs> but i mean like Granted, she's got other things on her mind and she's not in the mood, but like it makes it seem like he's not bringing his tongue game <laughs> in a way that like reflects on him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really, it didn't really dawn on me what they were doing most of the music until we got an orchestral cover of How Bizarre. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay. So all these shots where they're driving in cars are like filmed on like the volume or something, right? Like this like long shot where it like tracks in on uh, Eleanor. Like this is like the title card where she's driving over the bridge in Miami. Like it just looks like her hair is not moving at all, even though the window's down. She looks like those those narration scenes from Kill Bill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A lot of reasons. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do they just make Kill Bill volume three now with her? Or Kill Bill Volume Zero? I don't yeah. know. I think I saw something where Tarantino was trying to get the mother daughter to be in Kill Bill Three or something. Well, because wasn't it originally going to be the uh, like Vernita Green and her daughter? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like the daughter, the daughter comes, comes back wanting revenge or something. Yeah, I'm I'm not a Stranger Things person, so I'm going to say something that's going to make me the enemy of the internet. But like, yeah, go for it. To me, Maya Hawke's best role, sadly, is in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is she in that? <laughs> yeah. Was she the daughter? Frankly, she's one of the Manson kids who like runs off. Oh, in Hollywood. Night. Okay. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I haven't know. seen enough Stranger Things to to for her to even made an impression. I never Sorry. watched. Like, I only saw like the first episode of season four of Stranger Things. I never like, picked up after that. But I thought that like in season three, the whole time I'm just like, you're you're too big for this show even though this is like your first role like you should be in movies Mm. you shouldn't be in netflix movies like i've seen her music videos for her music and stuff which is a it's a weird music video because she's like full nude in like an orgy in in the woods i wish i could Um, tell every young actress like i know you want to do the music thing but just it's it's not going to happen you know look at lucy hale she wanted to do the music thing Lindsay Lohan wanted to do the music thing, but sometimes you just got to pick a lane. I don't think the music is what necessarily killed Lindsay Lohan's, <laughs> you know, momentum. Sure, sure, sure. But Lucy Hale was smart to like 
expunged. Mm-hmm. Well, she, she eventually realized, you know what? I need like my strength is acting, and I'm gonna stick there, and I'll like sing on like the New Year's Rocking Eve once a year. I wonder how many of the main cast of Original Sin are like working on their album right now. <laughs> I'd no. say at least I, I three kn- of five. I know one of them for sure because I saw oh. on the internet on the internet. But is it Zarya Zarya Zarya? It's not actually. It's oh. my Rafiko. Okay. Really? Yeah. Oh, isn't she a big deal in like? Uh, She's like yeah. a whole star in Mexico. Yeah. 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 As she her. should be. Yeah, yeah like she's a, like eighth banana in this movie. At a certain <laughs> point, like I said, I, uh, Camila Mendez, I was like, oh, okay, you're you're actually great in this movie. But yeah, for like the first half hour, I was like, if you could just slot in my Rafiko, this is a star making role for her. Anyway, um, are and we at the a, party? There's uh, this. Oh, I'm just looking at it's like tennis camp or whatever, and Eleanor's there, like brushing her teeth in the bathroom. These other girls are like, is when Erica is talking to this other girl about how like she's the one who leaked the sex tape or whatever, and they look it over at her and they're like, "Were you just listening to us?" I don't know why she doesn't just say, "Yes, I'm standing right here." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a co rack. <laughs> I, I don't I, do cocaine. I knew that Sophie Turner is in this movie, and yet when I saw her, I'm like, "Why?" That really kind of looks like a young Karen Gillan. Who is that? A bit like skinnier somehow, and like taller, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I my didn't eyes. recognize her in the first scene in the yeah. bathroom. Mm. I I didn't recognize her until she was yelling about cocaine. Some some part of me, I don't know if it was my eyes or my brain. One of them was like, "That's Sophie Turner," and the other was like, "No, it's not." Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then eventually Max's party. Ugh. The like, is it like the homecoming party or something? Can't remember like what occasion it is. What is the party? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, it's like she's she's been ostracized because Tara's like, look, like my dad's up for re-election or something, and like Max's dad is a donor, so I kind of have to like make you a social outcast. I can't hang out with you anymore. Well, also the guilt of like I'm your best friend and I'm dating. Oh yeah, P.S. I'm dating Max now. Yeah, yeah. Meant to text you over the week or over the summer. Sorry. Um, totally believe yeah. women, but I'm also dating this guy. You know. Yeah. So so then the the plan is hatched, and like Maya Hawk is gonna become the new girl, and she's gonna capture the the interest of Max. I mean, it's I. It was like almost a strangers on a train plot. I kind of wish they'd just gone more in that direction. Because uh, it's like, oh, we, we if if we take our own revenge on these people, we'll get caught. But if we take revenge on the other person's enemy, then no one will catch us. Even though it's not like it's there's never any question of like investigating who is doing these things or anything. You know, it's like no. like at one point, um, Nordrea gets called into the principal's office thinking she's about to get called out for, I think, the um, the drugs, like mm-hmm. the drug thing. And then like. It's like, oh no, you didn't get into Yale. It's like it's like nobody's even asking who's doing all these shenanigans at school. Well, because quite frankly, that's how fucking good Drea is at her side of the the thing. I guess, yeah. I mean, that's that's an open and but shut it's not like case. the heat is ever on either of them. You know, it's like, oh, we have to do it this way so no one will catch us. 
Like, I know Eleanor's, but like, has her own deal, but like, she doesn't do anything in their little plan. Yeah, <laughs> she no. does nothing. And she gets she the just, phone, right? Well, it's like she she goes at one point, it was jumping ahead, like, she goes to Drea's house and she's just like, haha, this is your poor house. Here's my plan. I'm evil. I was doing this all the, all the time. And now I'm going to use you to destroy your own friends. And Drea's like, oh no. And then it's like two seconds later, she's hitting her with her car. Just uh, just to let her know she's serious. Well, and also, like, up to that point, it's like, oh, this is all my big plan to, like, take you down. But it's like, but you haven't really taken her down at all. You've kind of just befriended her and, like, helped her get revenge on one of your enemies. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's like, take her down in the sense that, like, I've I've taken your old spot. I guess, yeah. In the crew. But um, it's like, it, but she wasn't the one. Eleanor is not the one who leaked the sex tape. So. No she's just like taking advantage after the fact it wasn't like oh i've caused all of this to happen it's like no most of this would have happened without me yeah but yeah the uh the bit where max is like standing up at school and like talking about like you know this is this has been really hard with myself as a violation of my privacy and to be honest i'm still recovering i feel like they were really nailing that like just the the gall you know the chutzpah of him making it about him. So, like, like, there's there's a smart direction behind this movie. I mean, like that guy is unapologetically horrible, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the movie knows it. Um, but like, yeah. So the the party at his house, he like has Tara in his bedroom. They're gonna have sex, and she's just like, "Could you not like bring up my best friend or whatever?" And it's like, okay, so you're a person. You have some interiority. That's great. And then like later when it's been found out that like he's fucking or fucking with a girl in every click she's like all in on the crew about like how do we spin this yeah yeah (sighs) yeah her character just doesn't make sense like sometimes she doesn't care at all about max and then other times she's like so passionate about it 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 doesn't make a lot of sense and like eager to kind of you know champion him and stick it to drea yeah and I and I guess it's like again because of the the dad's running for office or whatever. But I I kind of felt like maybe you needed to hit us over the head with that one more time. Yeah, like make it feel like she has no choice yeah. or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, so the the club is the cis hetero men champion championing female identifying students league. It's for all the men at Rose Hill who want to do better. Be allies. Also, his little like. Uh... Like bow thing instead of a tie. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I I don't know. Oh, sorry. I I, 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 I think that's a bow. Is that is that is that is that not an ascot? Is that a pussy bow? It's just a bow. I mean, I don't don't know what a pussy bow is, but it's kind of a pussy bow. Okay, I'm sorry. We were saying Rose. I I don't understand. How Drea is the only person who leaves the stream in the bathroom after he announces this. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the women at the school cannot be that blind. Later on when he has, um, they put out like an article about him and like his struggle or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, clearly like she was never interviewed for this. I feel like it would be very easy for her to go like, how dare you write this article without even talking to me? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, like that nobody else is like 
they're, they're so under the thrall of this guy that no one's just like, fuck that guy. Like he, oh, oh, when like you got punched because, you know, your girlfriend thought you leaked her n- nudes like you're the real victim there. Yeah. So he's he's obviously the straw that stirs the drink in the school. I, I think the movie's being very subtle about like he's the villainous patriarchy who's like got so many women under his thumb and using them to turn or sway the he's, public opinion like of other women. did the language. Yeah, of the oppressed. or like yeah. he's he's using other women to like thwart other women and turn on each other, but the movie's very like subtle about that, which is both good and bad. I think. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. The, I, I mean, it's like yeah, it's it's realistic. You know, like half the time women are going to give men the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, but like I, I thought they could have played more with. So the initial plan was like, here's how how new Eleanor, Eleanor two point would will or three point really will like draw uh, uh him in. But I thought they were going to do more of that because at one point he finds her in his bedroom. Mm-hmm. He's already horned up, and it's like, mm-hmm. thankfully though, he doesn't like try to like make some kind of move. He's just like, let me go show you my favorite spot, and I'll I mean, like that is his move. I guess so. And he's yeah. just like, yeah, I'll tell you how I hate all this performative bullshit I have to perform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that is his move. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just love the makeover like, scene where they're buying so much stuff and then she just wears a school uniform. Sorry, go ahead. Rose. Sorry. Uh, just to further, like it blows my mind, this movie. So the, the whole plot to do revenge is to completely annihilate Carissa. Like just, take her out of mm-hmm. school and then the plan to get revenge on max is just to show everybody that he's a hypocrite like mm-hmm. that is literally the plan <laughs> well and with carissa it's like okay as as the story were told i think it was like freshman year or something and carissa was like she couldn't handle you know being kissed it's like she like backed off and is like ew you tried to kiss me i'm straight or whatever you know but now we learn like, oh, Chris is out and like everybody knows she's a lesbian now. There's never any attempts by Eleanor to, to like just go talk to her and be yeah. like, hey, you know, obviously we what we were told is a lie. So we can't don't, really do that. But don't they see each other briefly on the first day? They do. But there's yeah. there's never I don't know. There's never any conversation of like, oh, so I guess you're out now or anything like that. You know? Well, I, I I think it's interesting, though, is that Eleanor, like the, the open tab in her brain after all these years isn't the the thwarted love of Carissa. It's the like the almost sexual nature of the revenge she desires against Drea, <laughs> there which is, I respect. There's one moment where Drea is kind of mad. It's like in the middle of the movie and um, Eleanor goes to hug her and she goes, don't touch me or something. I, I was like, are they are are they trying to suggest that there's maybe a sexual interest from Eleanor here that Drea is at least subconsciously aware of or something? Hmm. I, I didn't get that. In that moment, I felt like she was just like, she was upset and she didn't want anyone to feel bad for her. Like shields are up. No pity party. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, we see her earlier when she's like, when uh, when Eleanor's just like, oh, is that girl Erica who's like showing everyone at tennis camp your video? And she's like, fuck you. Don't fucking pity me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like she's, mm-hmm. she's spiky. I, I like know. the bit where, um, Eleanor, I keep, I, I'm just going to call her Nora because that's what my mind wants to call her. Um, she's <laughs> just hanging out at like the school library that has like these crazy little like reading nooks and whatnot. And she's texting Dre and Dre says like, you can only say cool and you can only say it three <laughs> times. 
<laughs> like I thought that played out really well. He's like, is cool the only thing you say? And she says, cool. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying when, when his, his move is all long games, like he's not going to try it's, to finish. I'm, I'm sensitive guy. Yeah. Because, because seemingly if all these other girlfriends, he's just like, I've already come four times a day. Like I couldn't even try to seduce you right now if I wanted to. It's going to make him think it's their idea. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, my ex-girlfriend is mad I hooked up with my ex-boyfriend she's like immediately dropping the gauntlet like this is how cool I am yeah that's like uh it's almost like a Maya St. Germain line <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> yeah it's like a a homecoming party or a pre-homecoming celebration is what this party is what would you do if Bianca Lawson was just playing a high school student in this movie? I would love it. She's so good. She's so good. She could She's just play good. Tara. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm the other friend of, of Montana and, and whatever the other chick's name is. What is the bearded dragon's name? Oscar winner or Olivia Coleman? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love with her little outfits. Drea makes her little outfits. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, and who is this with the Joker lipstick on the wall? Is that I can't tell. It's it's like a black and white. Like I think it's an actress, but I think it's like three different actresses, and I'm not sure which one. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? At, at Nora's house, I remember I seeing know it, the painting. Yeah, I didn't yeah. recognize the person. Maybe it's Queen Elizabeth. I don't know. For a second, I thought I it was um, Rachel Weisz, but I don't think it's her. <laughs> What a what a face to be like. It's either Queen Elizabeth or Rachel Vice. <laughs> I just can't tell. There's somebody so tweeted us. I'm sure somebody knows who that is. It's it's like a black and white photo. She's like kind of in a black top with a pearl necklace and then like Joker lipstick makeup, like drawn on presumably by Nora here. I feel like we've already said four or five things that we're going to get mm-hmm. angry tweets about. <laughs> but before we skip past the homecoming party, like I. I was unnerved about when she first shows up and they basically are like, here, come sit in our orgy of people. Yeah. (laughs) Where it's like, he's leaning back with his girlfriend on one side and her on the other, like, like it's a thruple or something. (laughs) Or, or or like Tara is on shrooms because she is just like about to like feel this girl up right over her, her, Her lame sprouse cousin boyfriend. Very secure in her relationship, apparently. She's not at all kind of weirded out by like, oh, my boyfriend is suddenly really interested in this new girl and wants him to go basically like sit on his lap. Yeah. Which seemingly might be be the norm. Yeah. Maybe that's how they do at this high school. They're poly. You eat anyone's ass you want. Well, stuff like that, like the whole Polly, I'm Polly thing, it really makes it seem like they're trying to make fun of this sort of, you know, like new teen, you know, lifestyle stuff. Like yeah. they, they satirize occasionally. And with but, the safe rooms mm-hmm. and just, yeah. just to like send out like the ambassadors who are like, oh, they're, they're clearly E&M. Like it's okay or whatever. And then the guy actually has the fucking basketballs to simulate eating ass. <laughs> Well, so uh, meanwhile, while the homecoming party is going on, uh, Drea is at the beach where she has another encounter with, is it Russ? Yeah. He's like, this guy is like, he's such a cool guy. He's in 
Farm Club, which is a dumb name. <laughs> um, he's got like a Peace Corps shirt on, but he's also a surfer. He's got the blue hair and he's got like a like a padlock around his neck on a chain as like his like his accessory. I don't know. This guy's like he's like maybe one too many things put together yeah. to be a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's also like all the '90s cool guy stereotypes put into one. Yeah, he's yeah. like an artist. Later, he's like, "Oh, this is like an an like an artistic space or whatever." My my dad just gave me this warehouse. <laughs> it's like a walking tawdry quirk shop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, can you imagine if you did that in real life and just put up all those uh, like white canvases? And filled all those balloons with paint. How long that would take you? Seriously. And just leave it up. Like, oh, I'm saving this for later. Like, <laughs> it doesn't seem like the most efficient delivery method for the art explosion <laughs> you're trying to achieve. I, just, I really wanted a scene where one of these characters is on, like, I don't know, like Fiverr, or like some like some Task Rabbit type app, like constantly hiring people to come clean all this up or to set yeah. it up. You know? Yeah. It would be a weird task rabbit to get. Yeah. I need someone to come fill up 200 balloons with paint. Oh, I feel like the task rabbit situation in this town is, is fucking off the chain. Like <laughs> you're always doing something bizarre. And so she meets um, Gabby at the party here and there's, it's kind of like this whole plotline of them. It's like, are you really like a cruel, cool girl who's just like putting up with my brother's lame friends or, and this is your armor or is this actually just who you are? You want to be one of these like vapid popular people. And again, sometimes you feel heat between two characters all because one actor is alone generating it. Gabby is blasting and radiating those vibes. Like she is so fucking cool sitting on the, on the Island counter I'm amazed that Maya Hawk could like hold on for dear life. And then she just kind of casually strolls down the hallway, like into her own movie, which is probably better. So on the iPad, when she, when Nora goes and breaks into Max's room, it's from a message from Allegra there. So he says, you're my dirty little secret. Send me a pic. And it's like her seemingly topless, but holding up a bunch of tarot cards over her chest. And it says, (laughs) pick a card with like a winking emoji. But she's got those like those like bat wing glasses on. Those are like the dorkiest things. Like, would you get those from like the Spirit Halloween store? <laughs> okay, like if we're doing power rankings, she's my number two. I'm gonna say <laughs> <her> right now. <laughs> I I kind of love her. She's so fucking weird. Her outfit at the party at the beginning is so, like it is. It is more Aria Montgomery than Aria Montgomery. <laughs> Yeah, so she, this is where um, Max and Tara, it's like they're about to just like have sex in here. But then he like, he she brings up uh, Drea or something. And she's like, oh, it feels weird that we're talking about my ex when we're about to have sex or something. Yeah. Uh, and, or he says that. And she's like, well, we're not having sex. And she just pieces out. There's a there's a photo when, when Nora's hiding in the closet or the bathroom. There's like a photo of him shirtless, like with a camera. Like, for a second, I was like, is that a real person? Right? I think it's just supposed to be a framed photo. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I thought it was a real person, too, for a second. I'm like, is someone in there taking pictures? I I think it's supposed to be him, right? I'm pretty sure it's him. Yeah. It's it's a reference to something. I just can't remember the specific quote. 
yeah, it's there's a I mean, like we're not really touching on them. There's a lot of references to eighties and nineties movies yeah. throughout this thing. Yeah, a lot of some good, late, some bad. late nineties like punk pop on the soundtrack. And when I say bad, I'm referring to Jawbreaker specifically. <laughs> I hate that movie. That movie ruined one of Marco and I's friendships. We watched yeah. a, we watched that movie with a girl and like never heard from her again. Yeah. We were oh, good no. friends of her and she disappeared. <laughs> She's just like, well, it's been real. Yeah. <laughs> Marilyn Manson sex scene. No, thank you. Uh, yeah. So the plan is they're going to focus on they they know about the text so they can like expose max as being a hypocrite because he's like got all these sex with a bunch of different chicks but like first they're going to do carissa where it's like oh she's growing her secret drugs in this very obvious greenhouse at school and so they got to find a way to expose her to like get her in trouble like the only way they can get max's phone is to drug the whole school and steal it while he's high on shrooms (laughs) Like, that's the plan. But first you have another one of those things that only happens in movies where there's a massive dinner mm-hmm. where one student is going to cook <laughs> for the entire school <laughs> using ingredients from Farm Club. Sure. Also, I just mentioned another one of the uh, the SMG lines where they're talking about her. She says, I want her to hide my body in the woods and then start the search party trying to find me. Yeah, yeah. The best thing about this movie is that they recognize SMG. Yeah. <laughs> Who's almost ageless in this movie? Oh my gosh. She just gets hotter each year. Yeah. Maybe I just want to go watch Buffy again. Well, what, what pisses yeah. me off is that where is the, the SMG Assance? Like, she's going to be on like some kind of Teen Wolf spinoff coming up. Like, that's not good enough, quite frankly. I mean, I know that the trajectory of all the teen stars is eventually to play the moms on like the new teen shows, but yeah. it's just it hits close to home when it's SMG, you know. Yeah. Uh, but so the the the, yeah. the dinner that you mentioned is the senior ring ceremony. It's like they have this whole ceremony where they're like, I don't know, giving out senior rings or whatever. I guess this is something they do at like rich people school. What the fuck is that? What is a senior ring? You don't remember, you don't know class rings? Oh, oh, class rings. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I mean, they like at our school. There's like the was like Jostens or whatever. Like yeah, there's some catalog yeah. they pass out. It's like you could totally buy one of these if you just ha- are like made out of money and like they're complete rip off and stupid and like nobody bought them. So it's basically like I, got, like, I, I did get one. Oh wow! And, Fancy pants. But everybody at my school got one, so I just thought it was a common thing. I I probably wore it for three months. Because wow. you get it at the end of your high school career. What are you gonna do? Wear your high school ring? Yeah, to exactly. College? No. Well, yeah. I was like, like I think it was my senior year. Like we did like special jackets for like the journalism and and your people and mine said editor in chief on it. But it's like I I can't wear this outside of high school. It just well, like, it's so lame. You're, you're gonna take it to college and be like, hey everyone, I just want to make it easy for you. This is the thing to make fun of me about. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, so if you could buy it, it's basically you're you're paying eight bucks to get verified, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess Marco, you and I, we we went to like the the poor school with like a bunch of military kids, so maybe that's why nobody bought. It. Yeah, I went to a school that was literally in the middle of the cornfield. That's where I went. <laughs> Is it <in> Iowa? <laughs> no, it's in Ohio. 
We have nice. cornfields in Ohio. It's it's like five cities and then the rest is corn. Does it mm. does it like bug Ohioans that like Iowa really has like the whole corn thing? Like they've like claimed it as their own or they're like, you know, no. they grow corn elsewhere. No, Ohio thinks it's cool, but mm. it's not. I was really surprised that last time, like Ohio has really like shouted itself out that like, hey, we're going to be the thing that holds up every like election night on results. Oh but God. you guys kind of lost it last time. We were obsessed with it, like Pennsylvania and Georgia. It really upsets me being a Democrat in Ohio. <laughs> I bet. Like, I bet. Yeah. Hey, I used to live in Georgia. I feel you. Yes. <sighs> Not here in sunny California. Um, yeah, I just looking through these scenes of the party, like it's amazing how much Maya Rafiko is in this movie, but not doing anything. Like yeah. she she had to yeah. be there for a lot of it. You know, it's like, like they definitely got their money's worth out of her, but she's her, not doing anything. Her friend who's like wants to set people's hair on fire has like the the school, what is it, like like news report thing? She's like, like the editor of the the student magazine or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you gotta give Maya Rafiko a thing. Like like let her be like the girl that starts fires or whatever. You know what I mean? Or something. I, I yeah, really that, want to see like what, what was like the original cut, you know, like is, is there a director's cut where it's like a little, little nastier, a little edgier. At the same time though, this movie doesn't need to be longer. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> That's true. At one point I paused it to go to the bathroom and I was just like, I'm an hour in and there's another hour left. Are you fucking kidding me? Not that I was ever bored of this movie, but the- I don't know how mushrooms work. Can you just like drop one in like the blue bays or whatever? And, and that will give everyone a psychedelic reaction. Don't you eat magic mushrooms? Cause like they find one in there later. I think you right. could do both. I guess. I mean, there's, there's tea. Mushroom just, tea. Yeah. You just drink that. Mm-hmm. Like phantom thread. Yeah. Or no, that was an omelet, right? Well, it was, it was a variety of things. I it was think. a variety of things. Okay. Yeah. She wanted him weak, and then she wanted him strong. They're doing the the text thing in this movie where the texts show up on screen. Remember in PLL, try that for like half a season. Half a season, baby. With emojis. Yeah. Remember for a while we were calling that character Emoji? Mm. <laughs> I feel still, like that was when they had said. like, they had that like a sponsorship or something. With the flip phone. Yeah. That's why they were doing that. Microsoft Kin. I kind of wonder, like, the whole emoji thing, it kind of seems like they hadn't completely settled on Alex Drake yet. Like, Alex Drake is definitely, like, when season seven starts, it's like, we're we're doing Alex Drake. She's in it. You know, like, she has a scene. But before that, it seems like they didn't really know what they were doing. Okay. the, The lingering question, too, is, is I believe that we've established through things we've read and we've assumed is that CC was not the original plan at the start of season three, right? Yeah, there was a plan. I think it was going to be like a Ren Melissa thing. Okay. And like four episodes in, they were like, no, we have to, we're going to do, like Marlene had this idea. They're like, we're going to do this other thing instead, which is why the whole Black Swan plotline just like ends on in episode four of season three, just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Melissa's like, oh, that was me. I was blackmailed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then three episodes later, CC shows up. Yeah, and then towards the end of season seven, you start to see ideas that I thought were, I, I felt like you could feel like they were like, fuck, I wish we had had these like like a whole season ago, like the board game, 
like the Arya has like a FaceTime clone of herself. <laughs> I'm like, I would have watched three seasons of those that. Those are so creepy. Those like weird like video, like virtual Max video Headroom yeah. Arya. Yeah. But like, it's like shit. Like, you should do this for a whole other season. This is great. Um, Anyway, so at the banquet, they're in the bathroom conspiring, and then they have to go hide in a stall because all the girls come in and they're like laughing and they're clearly high. And then one of them starts puking. And like one of them starts like bang on the door, and it's like, oh, are they going to get caught? But then no, nothing happens. No, no real tension there. And they sure are hanging out a lot at this party for like supposedly like the whole plan is like, oh, we don't know each other. So no one will suspect if I do your revenge and you do mine. I guess the idea is that everyone's going to be so everyone's out high. of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, they reveal that they've taken some of the shrooms towards the end, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see, like, SMG, like, opening the greenhouse, seeing the mushrooms, which is weird because it's, like, one of the few scenes we see without either of the girls. And, mm-hmm. and they're not, like, watching. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. We also see the Instagram, which is trying to do the uh, the light as a feather, stiff as a board thing from the craft. <laughs> One guy's just playing violin. <laughs> What's Max's thing under the table? Yeah, it's spiders. Spiders, oh, yeah. And so he, he's spiders. like, oh, there's spiders on your phone. So he gives her the phone. Oh, That's yeah, how yeah. they get access. I don't know. So she somehow like hacks his phone to download the messages, whatever. You know. That's that's one of my <laughs> rules for trouble is that she's not allowed <laughs> to do any computer shit that I don't know how to do. And right. I, but I love from this scene is the revenge mommy. The revenge <laughs> mommy funny. is born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're really into that. I think later on, one of her texts that we see says, like, your revenge mommy is mad or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I, I, this is the thing I was alluding to in the Everything Everywhere podcast. I like that the villain's obsessed with the hero. If you could call Maya Hawk the villain. I, I don't, I don't think she's full on, like, like Wanda level of no, I like the movie her. likes her too much to make her like a true villain. Yeah, but I mean, I like that her whole plan. It's not about anything else. It's entirely about Drea. That's like the connection. And it's like almost like she wants her to see the world that she, the way she sees her, and then bring her to her knees. Mm-hmm. And then once she's on her knees, who knows what will happen? Um, I like how we went to banquet like coordinated to wear all white. Like it was like a a white suit event or something for the class rings. And then Drea wears blue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The next day, she's just like patting her bearded dragon. Seemingly, they slept in the same bed. Yeah. And this is at Drea's poor house. Is this scene. So she's obviously like let her into her world to a certain degree. But I mean, I guess there's something about like the set design. I don't see this and think like, oh man, look at that poor person. You know, it's like she still seems to have all sorts of knickknacks and teen girl stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it looks like a nice house on a Netflix movie. I mean, the only way you would have gone around it is if like you had her mom show up and she's clearly like working class or whatever. Um. You can well, read some... Eleanor's house. There's creepy art on the wall, so that's yeah. how you know it's a rich person's house. Yeah, there's a shot of like a computer screen where you can see all of Max's texts here. One of them is from his mom. It says, "Max, the house better be spotless before we get back tonight." Uh, well, you see, he's got some sex from Lily, Jessica, Mary. It's all just like, "I miss you. I miss you too. Can't wait to see you." Like, 
give me a taste of what I've been missing or something. And they like send a, a sext. Hmm. You're my little secret. Show me a pic. Stu's got one move. Yeah. I'm trying to read this one from Elliot Bro. So can I have this Elon wine or what? Is that like Elon Musk wine or something? Ooh, you know what that? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got some text from Allegra, Monica. I just can't believe this guy's pulling an Allegra. He's just so popular. The whole school. I mean. I guess he's like really rich, but it seems like everybody's rich. So I don't know how much they care, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's not about him as a person, but that he is the most popular. He's just a status symbol. Mm. Mm. They have the, uh, the classic like student journalism, like broadcast, like news thing in the morning. <laughs> the girl in the back's like playing the chimes. Or like their intro. Yeah. Yeah. I I would love to know if you're listening to this, how many schools had like a morning news TV show at your school? Has, I would like to know has any school ever had a morning news show? We did. Wow. We had a morning news show. Okay. Like every morning yeah. or just like on Friday? Every morning. Holy every shit. morning. So we watched Channel One News and then there was a morning news announcement. Yeah. What was it live? Yes. Okay. We had it was we had almost the exactly what they had. So it was just like do 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 do. What's up, Buccaneers? Here's the uh, here's the fucking morning announcements from from the school administration yeah. or whatever. Wow, Marco, I can't remember. Did we have announcements over the intercom or was it just like a piece of paper that got delivered to the class that the teacher read? A, a little bit of both. Yeah. I don't think the I don't think whoever did the announcements at our school always, you know felt like doing the announcements mm, every morning yeah. so <laughs> marco just made a drinking noise i have like a vague memory of those announcements getting a little uh just a little loose now and then like like whoever is writing them was having fun with them or something well but because also you because I, I had clubs like you could submit your own you know pros for that right was, right it, you could submit your your thing i mean and you it was as like, the president of the bowling club could have done that right i did and mm-hmm. so it was like, I don't know, see if they'll, they'll actually print it. And I was like, wow, you're not really going to spot check <laughs> this too closely, huh? Okay. I guess if I just don't put any F-bombs in there, we're good. Yeah, they would do like skits sometimes because it was like a class, the morning announcements. Mm-hmm. And so it was the most embarrassing skits ever. It's, it's what you would picture. Um, I mean, like... Yeah. Morning news from like my 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 peers as anchors is bad enough, but like I'm not tuning in every morning for Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, I know. After we left, there was a whole like, um, what do they call it? It was some sort of like broadcast journalism academy or something. Yeah, but I think that none of it was live. I don't think. I think they just like. Oh, BJA. Yeah, yeah. I think they just like played it later. I'm not sure what they did with those videos they shot, but yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they really were doing a thing with the BJ Academy, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, this this is when the, the Thorn magazine issue comes out. Max Broussard, the accidental feminist. Uh, I mean, it's it's very on point. Like comedy like this, I just I, I enjoyed all of these this stuff that they did where they're yeah. just really having fun and leaning in. Yeah. 
I mean, it's almost like I wish they had more of it in a way, but it's like there's all many, there's like too many elements to balance. Well, and this is when cool guy Russ is like just he's just chilling on his motorcycle. He's also a motorcycle guy outside, and he's like he he sees her like from fifty feet away, and he's like, "Hey, something wrong?" You know, and she's he's like, "Oh, you just need a joyride. Come joyride with me." And so they go on a joyride where her hair doesn't move at all. <laughs> and this is the uh, sorry, go ahead. I get, I get why Drea likes Russ. I do not understand why Russ likes Drea. There's no reason. Except yeah, I mean, maybe she's a hot teenage girl. He's like the ultimate cool That's dude. It. He has like every cool dude affectation one cool yeah. dude could have. Except, I don't know, does he ever play the guitar? You know, I think that's the only thing he doesn't do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, why does he like her, really? He, it seems like she would just be like a totally vapid, like annoying person to him. You know, it's like, he, you know, he go out there someone your farm club or something well as a teenage boy though i think i think rose nailed it on the head yeah <laughs> she's hot yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, like, and like possibly vulnerable you know it's like oh i can fix her and, and again I, I i know it's it's my fault but like again when they first introduced him i read him as like oh this is carissa who's a little bit nerdy here's her even nerdier sidekick and then for him to have like every cool guy affectation it was overkill. I know I'm like, but it's like, you know, I've already perceived and carried into the rest of the movie that he's a huge nerd. And now I'm like, oh, what is she? I, I, yeah, it was it was a big disconnect for me. Can I read some dialogue from him? Please. So he says yeah. this is when they're at the um his like artist space or whatever, his artist collective. Uh, and she's asking him, like, what are we doing here? He says, I I'm like, I can't do the British accent, unfortunately. So a couple of years ago when my parents were getting divorced, I felt like I was caught in between the whole thing. Uh, And I was just really angry, but I found that throwing paint at these canvases really helped me channel my rage. I've been coming here a lot since Carissa got expelled. It's like, sure, dude. Yeah. It's been really tough for me without her. I mean, as a friend, I guess. Yeah. Russ. (laughs) I just, I can't ship a character named Russ. Unless it's uh, <laughs> Russ and Rebecca from Chumps. Doesn't it seem like he, he should also maybe be the, the non-wealthy student, you know? like When he's just like, yes. my dad bought me this warehouse. I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, seemingly they gave out one scholarship to this yeah. entire school, and it was Drea. Uh-huh. Well, that, that's, I think was... that comes up at some point. It's like she needs she can't get busted for punching dudes out again, or she'll like, have her scholarship revoked, and then she won't yeah. get into Yale. He was also the love interest in Miss Marvel. I don't know. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, I, he's I kept, like the like, bad boy. The whole first movie, I was like, where do I recognize this guy from? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, he's that guy from Miss Marvel. Underrated show. I yeah. never finished it. Oh, good. I guess I should since the director of the two episodes I haven't watched is uh, going to direct a Star Wars movie or something. Of course. That's a good reason to do anything. Mm-hmm. She calls him a socialist at one point. Because he doesn't equate uh, worth with archaic ideas about what best means. And then we get basically the romantic paint scene from 10 Things I Hate About You. Well, she comes out after they've like done the whole paint thing, you know. They're all messy. And then she kind of comes out in like a very long shirt, questionably with anything else on, like drying her hair. I guess they oh, yeah. haven't done anything yet because then they like sit down and talk and then they start making out. But it just it this never feels like teenage romance at all. It feels like 25 year old romance. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah like it's 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 a world in which all these rich kids, like a lot of rich kid teen shows, like your Gossip Girls or whatever, it's not just that these teens are comfortable with sex. It's that they're seasoned. Mm-hmm. They're having it on the regular. It's almost boring to them. Yeah. Because they're, they're, they're getting so much sex. But yeah, you've just had essentially your your cinematic metaphorical sex scene. You've got the post-coital like drying your hair, getting paint out of your hair thing. And then they're going to start making out. I, I don't know. Which I guess yeah, also happens it to me. It would have made more sense if they were talking covered in paint and then made out and then the shower. But yeah, I mean, I know that oh, like no. when it comes to shows targeted at, at young people, it's like usually you want to like go a couple years older than your target demographic. You know, it's like so you want it to be kind of aspirational. So like mm-hmm. the 12 year olds are watching the show about the 15 year olds, like that kind of thing, you know, but like it just seems like. You know, kids, teenagers have hormones, you know, like you'd think you'd want to display a little bit of the, I don't know, the, the, uh, I don't, I don't know what the word is, like the uncertainty of youth in romance, you know, and like the nervousness and the, the butterflies and whatnot, but it's like, they're just not into that at all. Well, yeah, I mean, but this movie's demographic, I don't think it's teens, it's, it's, straight up the girls and gays of Instagram and TikTok. I'm very curious because I know when PLL was ending, we got a couple of documents from Hollywood that were basically like what to pitch. Right. Yeah. In the yeah. next few years. And it was like high school, no. Yeah. Networks college don't yes. want high school yeah. High school like shows don't want high school stuff. We want college shit. Even though like college shows are always notoriously fucking difficult because you don't ever want to deal with the business of college. They rarely work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I wonder. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Veronica. How quickly. Yeah. yeah, How quickly did you get the fuck out of college? Yeah. Um, Or even like Felicity, I felt like barely wanted to be a college show. Um, And that's its whole thing is it's a college show. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of curious what is the fucking crazy ass state of, of the industry now, as far as. Oh yeah. I wonder if, I don't know. We should talk to one of our friends, see if we can get our hands on like what the current, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's this document that goes out where it's a network saying, this is what we're looking for. You know? Yeah. 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 We only want 30 year old high school students. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyways, you got the Valentine's self love Palooza that Max is announcing here. This is they're They've waited all the way to Valentine's day to like spring these like texts on him. Yeah. So he's giving this whole uh, speech. What, okay. As we Hold all on. know, Valentine's Day is inherently patriarchal. It's, it's heteronormative and honestly kind of isolating. What do you think about this? This isn't quite an auditorium. This fucking like, this is like the uh, like Logan's run, like sci-fi futuristic society meeting area. What the, this is not how a high school gets information. Yeah, these are not normal bleachers. This is something else. <laughs> It's like an opera box or something. This is where like the tens pass judgment on the fours or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like the bleachers are all around the room and then there's chairs on the floor for the really cool kids or something. It's, yeah. it's very weird. And a, like a lot of the students have like these like mint and lavender berets on. Yeah. It's like they they're they're not fancy enough with their like school uniforms and ties and skirts. Like they got to wear the beret. But yeah, so like the nosebleed section is where where Drea is. 
Yeah. In and fact, then, the most special someone in your life is you. Like at least somebody yells gag me to that. <laughs> <laughs> that is when but yeah, then, everyone gets a text. They, they, I'm shocked. This is shocking news. <laughs> Her delivery is so good in that. What an asshole, it. right? Yeah. So he has to like get out of there. That. I think it's Tara is like, she's like covering me with this jacket. That's like hold up a jacket in front of her. as She leaves. Cause there's a lot in this movie where it's like, anytime anything happens, people are constantly filming it. Yeah. So they can like post it to social media later, which is, honestly seems terrifying. Like God, what a, I'm so glad I'm not in high school with cell phones. That just seems like it'd be so awful. Well, I feel like PLO only really did that one scene after Allison came back where like people recorded it. Or don't, where she's like reading the comments about her return. Right, right. And I, I feel like Pillow is smart about like, let's not really get into <laughs> everyone's like social media at this high school. We don't know what we're going to do there. And we see Allegra saying, we're casting spells tonight, bitches. <laughs> she's like holding, I think it's like a bundle of sage or something, like burning sage as she walks. I'm just saying... You you put that the the Allegra show Bible onto my desk tomorrow. I'm I'm green lighting that shit. <laughs> I think this was the part where I was like, it would really help if all like the Instagram witches weren't also wearing the same school uniform as everyone else. You know, yeah. like if they had their own look completely instead of just like Allegra wearing a hat. Yeah. They were almost like, how do we save money on this movie? Let's have everyone wear the same thing. Hmm. Well, yeah, it's like it's like we've got thirty of the mint variations. We've got thirty of the lavender. Well, they have lines of dialogue like, you know, he's banging a girl in every click. I guess Max's allyship was an act, and then another girl says "band men," and she like rips up the thing of him. Um, like, I feel like they're they're so close to committing to the bit there, but then they they always kind of pull back. Okay, so this is what's been driving me nuts. Allegra is in the the happy death day movies as who as like one of the friends or something i think she's the no she's not the roommate she's like the cool girl if i remember okay okay right yeah it's been driving me nuts this entire time nothing did you ever watch that utopia show what utopia show um there's a show called utopia that had the the lead actress from happy death day was in it Oh, I guess not. Was this yeah. an, a Prime show? Yeah, it was a Prime show. It was a remake of a BBC show. Oh, this is the one that Fincher was going to be involved with. Yeah, yeah. No, I've not seen it. Did you? I watched the first episode. I'm going to spoil it for everybody right now. They, like, randomly, like, this, like, character they meet up with just, like, shoots the Happy Death Day girl in the face at the end of the episode, <laughs> even though she's, like, been set up as the protagonist. And I was just like, all right, show, bye-bye. I'm out. Like, that was the reason I was watching the show, and you killed her off, like, just to be edgy so good luck oh you're canceled after one season surprise you're telling me tree doesn't just like wake up at the start of episode two like continuing the that day over again Mm, (laughs) no talk about a move that two movies that aren't great but the vibe of them what happy death day i kind of love yeah Yeah, it's all to do with her yeah Mm um yeah so then the 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 solution it's like they're like you know strategizing like it's political race or something the solution they come up with is they're poly Tara and max are ethically non-monogamous i hate to say it this is almost a netflix show rather than a movie 
I think it probably would have worked better as a show. Yeah, I'm I honestly mean, surprised they didn't make a show out of it. Like they usually yeah. make shows. Like don't don't go fucking insane. Don't shoot your wad like too far. Like the six episodes. You know, I don't think it's gonna be a tight show, but like six episodes. Build this world. Build these characters. It'll go for three seasons. Yeah. I like how Elliot is really like selling the poly hair. He's like, honestly, y'all, it's kind of <laughs> whack to bind yourselves to some old school ideas about what relationships should look like. We're young. We're fluid. Eat ass. They are the they're the Fox News team telling us why tr- what Trump did was actually yeah. a good thing. It's actually yeah. super progressive of them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It's like it's like they're sending out like Eric's wife to tell us what's up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so all these people are like, I have a shot at Max. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, well, again, it's like, come on, Tara. Like, you've just amplified his powers, diminished your own. I need to hear again how, like, you're trapped because your dad, which I guess you would cover in a TV show. Also, if this was a TV show, imagine going to SMG and being like, we're going to do for you what we did for Scully in sex education. <laughs> well, I guess they can't. They can't have that scene of him being like, you have to help me out or I'll screw your, my dad will screw your dad's campaign or because like they need him to seem sort of clueless and, and you blameless, know, seemingly yeah. blameless for most of the movie before you can have a big villain reveal. But yeah, yeah. so anyways, this is when uh, Dre gets called to the office. She thinks she's busted, but it's really just that um, she didn't get into Yale. Um, when, I don't know. It's, it's like all these kids are going to Ivy's except for her. Which is like ironically her fault at this point because she didn't get into Yale because she's been distracted been by slacking. her revenge, but mm. she does not take it as that. <laughs> but yeah. she could easily pitch, "This is my senior project," and put that on your college application. <laughs> yes. But also, SMG's like, well, our school has a, like a ninety-nine point nine percent success rate on getting our kids into Ivies. You're our one kid who's not going to an Ivy. Thanks know that whole yell thing for you yeah yeah exactly i've been sitting on a whole that whole yell thing joke all this time mm-hmm. someone also sent the uh, admissions officer el the thorn piece detailing your assault on mr broussard <laughs> which is just outrageous but yeah which i think we see as nora later on oh, right right although i mean I guess you could say that's the straw that broke the camel's back, but having all your grades slip and having no extracurriculars mm-hmm. probably played a bigger role in it. Yeah. But yeah, this yeah. is where she's nor Nora is really breaking down now. She's crying even with like she's got like these like red wingtip eyeshadow that she's like crying through. Mm-hmm. Um and she looks over at Mac and Mac just starts making out with Tara to be like, ooh, suck it to you. Mm. When do we get yeah. to? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, uh, Drea says Max was hunting me for sport. Like she, she takes it super personally that Max is out to get her. Which I think at this point, Max doesn't really care about her mm-hmm. at all at this point in the movie. Have we mentioned that all the like the preppy people clap with two fingers together? Like, the, like instead of real clapping, they like do this weird little golf clap thing. That's that's from something. I just is it? I, yeah, I like. There's all so many. There's almost like a Tarantino esque hmm. list of homages throughout this movie. Yeah, uh, 
So yeah, I think this is um, Nora talking about how like when when Drea lost Yale, a dark cloud settled over our friendship. It's like uh, Drea just becomes consumed with revenge, um, and like Nora's like, "Hey, my birthday's tomorrow. Do you want to do something?" And like later on, Drea will have forgotten that it was her birthday, even though she like gave her the hint and everything. And she's like texting Nora like crazy while Nora's on this date with Gabby. Which is when the Taylor Swift reference happens. Have to point that out. Oh, is it? It's like the most basic Taylor reference. Like, oh, in the dialogue, I thought it was in the text. Right now, yeah, no, (laughs) yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I was looking for something clever there, but no, it's the very obvious one. (laughs) Old Nora can't. Very basic. Yeah. Eleanor's favorite album's Reputation. For sure. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Hands down. Yeah, and so yeah, so the, the cool kids are throwing her a surprise birthday party, Eleanor, um, which is going to infuriate Drea because it's so blatantly that she's being controlled, but also that she's choosing this this kind of status and like like turning her back on her. I mean, like Drea's obviously suffering. I I I but I, I feel suffered like, to feel bad for Nora. I know I should because it's her birthday. I feel like they're portraying this though as like I don't know. It's it's like hey, Eleanor has like just been pretending to be friends with these people to like get revenge, but then they actually went and threw her a surprise party and got her something and like seem like they're more genuine and care about her. It's like I don't know if we're supposed to be like oh you know maybe these people aren't so bad or something. Like I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a mixed message here. Because yeah. then Eleanor is going to be like, those people actually seem to care about me, and you don't. You forgot my birthday. Yeah, at least I got a birthday party. And like the the Gabby character, like walks up, like she's she's about to do the like, was I a stupid bet, you know, kind of thing. But like, what does she really walk in on in this conversation between Drea and Eleanor? This is the part where uh, she has her boyfriend go down on her while she's just like reading texts, and it's like, I came, we got to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a tough that's a tough one to come back from, Russ. I don't think Russ cares. <laughs> so she shows up yeah, at the party. Right. It's awkward, and it's like, oh my god, what's she doing here? And it's like, oh, we have some classes together. And they go outside and have their fight. Yeah. So so then Dre will go on like on like a fact finding mission to the rich girl sanitarium to try to get some. Some deets about Eleanor from, uh, from the only from one who would know her. Yeah, yeah. Well, we because her car, her car wouldn't start, so she starts to get suspicious because she calls and they're like, "Oh, you just had a missing spark plug." So that's when she's like, "Oh, wait, something's up here." Yeah, she calls yeah. her mechanic. And is like, "Hey, you know, six months ago when that car wouldn't start, do you yeah. remember why that was?" Or no, I think they call her or something. Yeah, it's literally the end of summer. This mm-hmm. is now. Post Valentine's Day, yeah. But we also had the 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 kind of apex of that fight is that um, Drea is just like Max leaked my nudes, and she's like, "You don't know that, you know." It's like she doesn't believe her, and so then later, uh, Nora Elnor goes inside, and Gabby's just like, "You know, I can't believe you like, you know, didn't denied her that. Like, it's obvious that Max did it. Like, I'm I'm a sister, and you know, I know he leaked that video. Yeah, but nobody's like offering any proof. It's just like." That guy's a scumbag. Of course he did it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a weird, I mean, 
I don't know. It's like I guess like like as as cool kids, as good people, like we know without proof that he's evil and did this. But the movie, it's a weird tack for the movie to take. I think it's just the movie doesn't want you thinking too hard about it, so it can like reveal stuff later. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of odd. Um, well, and I think this is supposed to be Eleanor's big like, oh, I'm not who. I thought I was. Moment. I'm turning into one of the mean girls. Yeah. Do you think yeah. this movie would be better if we knew for sure the whole time that he leaked it? Like, is is it better that there's this like this uncertainty around it? It's. I don't know, Rose. I never felt any uncertainty. So, like to me, I feel like that's just hinting at real life. Like, give the white man benefit of the doubt i wonder if the satire would hit harder if like if we absolutely knew he did it and we're watching him do all this like the cis hetero man champion female <laughs> identifying women or you know whatever like like if, if we knew the whole time what a scumbag he was and we're watching him do all this stuff but it's like we're feeding into the beats in that climax mm-hmm. where they're on the I don't know if they're on the verge. Of He's like your secret their own. Vil- villain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He literally slow claps his way into <laughs> that scene yeah. to be just like, ha ha ha. I'm going to tell you what you've always known. But I, I'm such a <laughs> villain and I have been this whole time that it will reunite you two. Yeah. Um, this is when, uh, yeah, she goes to like the rehab center to, and she's looking for Carissa, but she finds Erica, uh, Sophie Turner here. And Erica is saying, you know, she lost her scholarship at Stanford developed an actual coke problem <laughs> to which Dre's response is oh no <laughs> so you know i'm really glad you came here because one of the sets of my recovery is to make amends to the people i've hurt so drea you know uh what you say from the bottom of my heart i wish you nothing but the worst for the rest of your miserable fucking existence and i love your earballs yes. love your earballs yeah, I'm just wondering, did they only have Sophie Turner for like three days or something? Like, I just I feel Probably like one day, <laughs> one <yeah>. day. <laughs> it just feels like the I don't know. Like, there's some side characters here they could really bump up more. Like, I don't know if Allegra is really bringing that much, or like the the girl who wants to set people's hair on fire. You know, well, like Sophie Turner one day, but also she's like I exclusively can only be filmed at country clubs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet that's the same exact set. The yeah. the tennis camp in the in the uh, rehab center that's the same set. That's the only the, the only thing set. that's different is the bathroom scene, and it's just a kind of a a big bathroom. At the end of the scene, yeah. like some nurse says, "Erica, return to craft time," and she says, "I'm fucking coming." <laughs> it's like she's so over the top. Oh, can we talk about the outfit that uh, Dre is wearing in the next scene? It's like it's just like a white kind of like halter tank top or whatever, but then it's like these pink shorts. With these giant, like, oh my god, poofy. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that is. It's like it's like these like giant like like lace carnations on the front or something. It looks like a like a pink monster on yeah. each thigh. Yeah. <laughs> like this is where my vagina is right yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Casey forgot. Everybody. It's definitely <laughs> like I don't know. Would Arya wear that? Would she dare? No, uh, she wouldn't. If there were, I don't, I don't think it could be so blatantly pink, but also if it's there true. were skulls at the heart of the carnations. <laughs> yeah, Arya doesn't really wear a lot of like pink. I don't think that's no. true. Like she those carnations jacket, have to but... be a yeah. vortex of death pulling you in. She leaves 
pink for her hair, that one streak in her yeah. hair. So she's a rebel. I mean, Arya's fashion tends more towards Allegra. Mm-hmm. So there, there's yes. a shot like kind of going down the line of all these like rehab people, like painting watercolors. And <laughs> we get to Erica just like glaring hatefully. <laughs> And Eleanor with fire and double ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we we find out she's like uh, Dre goes to talk to Carissa and just be like, so I know that you know there was that whole thing where you fucked over uh, Eleanor back in the day, you know, by like saying that she was a predator when she tried to make out with you. And Carissa's like, um, no, that was you. Don't you remember that? Yeah. She's like, no. <laughs> And then it's like, oh, my God, it's like the end of usual suspects. Like, you know, I, I missed all the clues. The the actress who plays Carissa here, uh, Ava Capri, like I, I love her delivery. She seems so naturalistic and, and interesting in the way that she hasn't been up up until this scene. Also, mm-hmm. just a real quick thing back on Sophie Turner. So uh, I was kind of reminded of Booksmart, which I felt like every time they cut to Billy Lord, it was Billy- a it was a winning scene. Like that's a Sophie Turner in this movie. Billy Lord like completely yeah. ran away with that movie. Yeah, yeah, and like Sophie Turner's doing that. She's just not in it enough. You don't have enough characters to rival her ability to steal a scene. We find out that but to uh, be honest, like Sophie Turner, probably that character was only ever going to be in the first scene, and they just loved her so much that they yeah. added her. Mm-hmm. They're like, we still have three hours left of Sophie. <laughs> what can we do? <laughs> Yeah, so we find out that Eleanor's nickname back in the day was Nosy Nora because she had a big nose that she got a nose job. So it's like, that's why nobody recognizes her, I guess, you know. Sure. Which, I guess, kudos for the movie for not giving us, like, a flashback of a crazy, like, prosthetic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they never (laughs) even bother. That's true. Uh, And we get, like, some flashback stuff of, like... uh, Eleanor like seeing uh like tweets about Andrea on her computer and being like, Hey, I want to go to Palm Beach to go to tennis camp. It's like this where the ideas hatch. But like the the leaking of the sex tape has already begun here. Yeah. Yeah, so she's not involved with that, thankfully, because that that's that's not the ultimate villainy. But yeah, we we get to reveal that her mirrored bathtub, like she's a vampire bathing in the blood of her enemies. And this this scene drops a thesis statement that should be celebrated throughout the rest of the movie. Teenage girls have some crazy shit going on inside of them. <laughs> okay, actually, now I'm wondering about this because there is a shot of Drea at summer camp texting Erica, uh, Sophie oh. Turner, and saying, did you see this tennis coach sex video? And it's, she's sending the attachment of the leaked video. And so it seems like she's <laughs> the one who leaked the video, and yet later on... But Max but says that he leaked it. She's doing it within the confines of tennis camp. Right. I'm not saying that makes it better. It's not like she hacked Max's phone. So like Max leaked it elsewhere. Oh, because this, he leaked it at the end of the junior year of school. Tennis camp is the summer in between junior year and senior year. So she's just re-leaking it, like the new she's people re-leaking it yeah. to the tennis okay. camp crowd. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, I wasn't quite sure what they were communicating there. Which gives her a thing to take down Sophie Turner, which is a bonding moment okay, okay. for her. Yeah. But also I, I will dispute. She does not ever really have Glenn close energy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, like, doesn't. like Glenn close vibrates and is alive in that movie. Maya Hawk is playing Glenn close, like on Quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, she's got the scene where she's but, in the bath, like drinking champagne and looking sultry. But you know, I like Maya Hawk, but this is no Mona Vanderwall drinking yeah. wine. You know, while while Troy it, breaks it, down outside. She's, what she's doing, I think, is and again, it's not that I think she's bad. I think she's just maybe playing it too understated for what this role should be. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think they ultimately ultimately want you to still like this character. Like, I feel like they're walking this fine line of like textually these are two horrible people and we shouldn't really care what happens to either of them but the movie still wants us to root for them and like kind of brush off all the fucked up things they do i would argue one of them is more horrible though but yeah yeah which one eleanor <laughs> yeah definitely okay yeah. i guess i haven't done the um like the ethical math yet to come down on one side or the other yeah i mean Dre seems like a pretty I horrible like, person i like that in the back it is revealed that she has two lizards. There is two lizards there. Really? So, so who is I, the companion to Oscar winner Olivia Coleman? Yeah, Oscar I winner don't Emma know. Stone. She like has has a little boyfriend or girlfriend going on for her lizards. Oh, Os- Oscar winner Nicholas Holt. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather go Emma Stone. <laughs> yeah, <that>. really. <laughs> But I wish there was more scenes like her in the bath or her at the mirror. More scenes like that. That would have been more fun. Yeah. She needs to eat more scenery. Yeah. With, so with something close, uh, uh, approaching Glenergy. Dre comes home and she finds Nora there being like, hey, I'm guessing you put two and two together because I like, saw your Instagram at like the you know rehab place or whatever. And you probably talked to Carissa and found out all about me. So it was just jump to the end here where... I admit that I'm evil and like you have to go ruin your friends. And if you don't all like uh, get your mom fired by like planting drugs on her or something. Yeah. Your mom who we've never seen. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate, I mean, her own version of the long game. She was called an icky lesbian, which ruined her. She waited four years, stole Drea's friends, threatened to send her mom to jail and then hits her with a car. So the plan is she has to go to, uh, this admissions party, which is like where the kids or all the teens get really debaucherous. They like leave their phones at the door because they're going to do a bunch of fucked up shit there. And it's like, you have to sneak in with a camera and film all these people doing bad things. We'll take down all your friends. How much? And more if you don't, I'll get your mom fired. Yeah. I know. How, like, are they going to kill a hobo? Like, I mean, they have like a it? fight club there. So, you know, yeah, maybe they will hunt one of the pores for sport. <laughs> And then eat them. <laughs> and so Dread like starts driving and she's doing the annoying thing where she holds her phone out and talks um, like she's on a reality TV show. And she's trying to she's like leaving this message, like explaining herself to Russ, I think. And then yeah. she gets hit by a car um, and she wakes up in the hospital. And I don't know, the, the, the movie, I feel like slows down a little here. Like we still have like a half hour to go. And it's like, come on, let's, let's, let's speed it up here. Yeah, the last hour needed to be 20 minutes yeah uh, so russ is kind of disgusted at what she's done not for the max's like getting revenge on max but like all those other people who he was texting you know, like they she violated all their privacy as well you know he's like those two girls didn't deserve it they ended up as collateral damage peace out which is fair and then eleanor comes in with a dog balloon and asks if if she likes it and and i love it because 
She says it was between that and Elsa, but she doesn't seem like an Elsa person. Although you are a frigid bitch. You're a psycho. It takes one to know one. Um, This is where (laughs) I'm like, who? Okay, so you're both psychos? I don't know. I guess it's, you know, lean into it. Which is cool. Sorry they hit you with my car. To me, I that was like, hey, Mona Vanderwall already did this, you know, like I don't know. I mean, can you imagine Janelle Parrish as Eleanor though? Oh my god. I mean Mona Vanderwall exists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if she's like how she how tall she is compared to uh probably like a foot shorter than my <laughs> so she might be stepping on like stools the whole time. Yeah. There's nothing My hook is love. all legs. What's that? <laughs> Go ahead. Rose. I said, uh, my hawk is all legs. Oh, yeah. The, uh, especially, and they don't try to hide that in this movie. No, she's got the she's got the Spencer Hastings legs. Yes. Yeah. Somewhere yeah, up there is a person. She says, "There's nothing more <laughs> vap- nothing vapid people love more than making other people's tragedies about them. Like occasionally, very biting, you know." Um, so it's like the plan is still on, I guess, you know, she could still screw her mom over unless she does this thing. It's weird because like when, uh, Drea goes to the party, she immediately tries to like sabotage the plan. It's like, it doesn't never really seem like much of a threat that her mom might get like screwed over by this. Yeah. But like before the party, Eleanor has to look in the mirror. Like she's the Joker and like wipe off her lipstick. Well, yeah, well, first she does this like soul searching where we have these, all these flashbacks to the good times. And it's like, oh, am I, am I doing the wrong thing? Am I like hurting somebody who became my friend? But then, yeah, then she has to smear her lipstick and be crazy. I, just this all would have worked so much better, like as a finale episode to a, you know, a short, tight season one. And um, I, I guess that it's like the car accident has like given Drea entree back to the Cool Kids Club. Everyone's like immediately like sorry her for some reason they're just like oh my god you know are you okay like come to our party this is where it gets campy there's no there's no police element there's no like we're looking to see what car hit you <laughs> this, this like we've left reality so well, no, far the, behind the whole idea of doing each other's revenge so we won't get caught like nobody's ever trying to catch you in this entire movie. yeah yeah it's like I, the movie forgets about that mm-hmm. <laughs> whole, yeah. whole idea well, then that's that's where you definitely leave behind the Hitchcock thing because Hitchcock was all about the guilt, mm. which PLL picked up. Like that, you if you don't have some guilt baked in, you're not doing it right, which is fine. I don't know if you'd always need it, but it's there's no antagonistical, you know, good element hunting them down. So this is when Dre or uh, Tara meets Dre in the bathroom and is like, "So I made a lot of bad choices this year. I miss you. Things are complicated. I'm so sorry. Like you should come to our party." like cool which would be which would be a better scene if i had more of a sense of tara i think well and tara starts yeah. to try like building her up she's like hey you're drea fucking torres you're the girl who taught me what it means being in indomitable force and you're like okay i guess if sure. you say so <laughs> come to the admissions party show everybody at rose hill what a bad bitch looks like great yeah so she does and they they have to like enter it like is it like via like a little boat like, like, like a tunnel like, of love like which is which yeah. is another Stranger on a Train reference but yeah. you know Guy and uh, and uh, Bruno don't take that boat ride together in that movie but okay <laughs> um, 
there's like a weird cherub behind him on this thing too. I don't know what that was. Right. And so she has to wear like a hidden camera. There's like, like dudes fighting the when they walk in. The the uh the Instagram witches are doing, I don't know, like a class year light as a feather, stiff as a board. Like a you know, meditation thing. I don't know. This party doesn't look that crazy to me. No. It's just yeah. like, oh look, they have a lot of champagne and they're drinking and dancing. Like, and like and it's like, oh, cut to Drea just like dancing around having fun. Yeah. Well, it's like these teenagers have never seen Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Which is a Christmas movie. One of them is doing... Oh, they're doing ketamine. That's right. <laughs> uh, good times. Yeah, I know that Special drug. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, then, so... I, sorry, go on. Did they, they have their confrontation um, in like the... Well, so, like a sculpture garden? Well, before that, uh, Dre decides, like, I'm fighting back. I'm going to out you as Nosy Nora and be like, look, everyone, remember her? It's Nosy Nora. She got a nose job and she like puts a hand over her face and everyone's like, oh yeah, nosy Nora, nosy Nora. And like eventually Eleanor like stomps off and they're like, well, that was kind of fucked up. I yeah. think this is, is it Maya Rafiko who cries out? I got a boob job. It's fine, babe. I can't tell if that's her or the other chick. It might be the other chick. Uh, I think it's the other girl. Yeah. So they don't even give Maya Rafiko that, you know? No. And it's this whole like, oh, I really thought I was different than them. It's it's like Drea does like a horrible thing and then she feels bad about it. This is where I'm just like, what's with all these emotions here? You know, like you're so far into this movie, like where you establish that like these are like crazy people. But like yeah. we're still trying to have like the tenderness. But but we'll pick it back up, though, for the last scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they 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 do the kind of emotional growth ending where she's just like. Like we keep we keep attacking each other. Do you feel better? Is is this going to be the thing? Like, is winning going to make you feel happier? Yeah, I regret what I did to you forever. You know, I'm sorry. And then Max like slow claps out. Yeah. Who is like seemingly since since he discovered um like earlier like like I don't know 15 minutes ago or whatever like about nosy Nora. He went and like got Nor Eleanor's phone and read all the texts in it. And and then came back to listen to this conversation and is now coming out to gloat and reveal his evil plan. I do appreciate that he was like, yeah, I got your phone. You put it in a fucking bucket in my house. <laughs> but to me, this is like the worst part of the movie. Like, this was the part I was the most bored. Like, Max just being like, blah, blah, blah. I'm the worst, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's like, yeah, we know, too. Well, it's like it's treated as like this reveal and you're like, yeah, I mean, we, we already thought this guy was, we, there's never any doubt in our minds that this guy was a scumbag. So whatever. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's what they're clearly going for. I did think that there was some artistry, like in the fact that this guy's, he's not terrible at the villain monologue. It could have been better, but I do like that. Like he, he ultimately comes down to the Dre. Like he's explaining how he took Dre under his wing and he's just like, no, you never even said thank you. He's mad that like he like, I don't know, hit on her and started dating her when she was a freshman or something and made her popular. And she never like thanked him for making her popular. <laughs> like, which which okay. is a, a truly sociopathic reasoning. Yeah. And I was like, OK, yeah. you're you're selling that at least. Yeah, this guy's he's better at playing the out and out villain, I feel like, than playing yeah. like, I don't know, Mr. Popular Guy. So he basically he reveals all of his evil plans and how he he did leak the nudes and you know what a, what a bastard he is and all that and it's like oh look at that they got him on video 
Which is, how long has it been since you've seen an ending where the villain has to have the recorded words played back to the student body? <laughs> this is like a storyline from Batman Returns. <laughs> I mean, this has been done countless times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I feel like on, on any long-running TV show, this plotline happens at least once. Yeah. So this they play it back, and this ruins him at the party. He's, like, doing coke off some chick when, like, the music stops, so he has to go, like, check out what's wrong with the music. And then I don't have any cocaine. Everyone's watching the video, and he's like, oh, it's just a prank, baby. I love you so much. And, like, no one will help him shut it off. Tara, like, uh, puts the remote in her champagne to, like, short-circuit it so he can't turn it off. And I don't know. It's This is where I really wanted the the energy of, um, what's his face? Uh, um, not Trippic Neely. What's the guy's name from Can't Hardly Wait? Oh, oh, uh, Mike Dexter. Mike Dexter. I wanted Mike Dexter energy here. Of, like, <laughs> of yeah. just, like, you know, getting going off on everyone and getting made fun of. Okay, and, and talk, speaking of rich people in logistics... This is a rented house. I think so. They yeah. like they like verboed this house, and they're like, isn't there like a wall of TVs or something that the the video is playing on? It's like a big projector, I think. I mean, like, what what crew did you hire ahead of time to set some of this up? But didn't they just say it was Max's house? Because he's it like, is you put house. a phone no. in my no, I, but at I think my he, house in he, the tub. I think they say earlier that he he like rented this house. So it's his oh, house okay. in the sense that he currently has possession of it. Okay. Yeah. But he's running the party, so he would have access to the, the foam bucket. And so Which then, is a new new take on the key party. Yeah, and so the after he's been brought <laughs> low, Drea and Nora come out, and Nora, Drea slaps him, and they're bad bitches now, and they won, and you know, don't let the patriarchy hit you on the way out. Yeah. And like, I don't know, his ending is he just like goes outside and like kind of like you know, grabs his head and is like, "Oh no, I'm ruined." <laughs> Whatever. It's like that. You're going to college in like three months. Like none of this really matters. Yeah. Well, you're. you're... Yeah, it's like. Oh no! Wait, he rich... does. He gets rejected from Yale, though, right? I think they. SMG yeah, says that. Yeah. You're rich enough, though, that you can buy a new narrative. You can just buy your way into Harvard. Harvard, yeah, if you didn't get into he... Yale. Like his dream was to backpack against your like through Europe and take pictures. So it's like, they just granted him his dream. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to come back. Like um, the guy from rules of attraction or is like yeah. his like uh semester in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was absolutely stunned. This movie had mid credit sequence or post credit sequences, <laughs> but like the, so he's out at Yale, which means there's a slot open, which of course means that of all the people in the world who are trying to get into Yale, Trey is back in because this guy's out. Revenge done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but but she says no. And so SMG is like, you're never more alive than when you are 17 years old. <laughs> She's really like <laughs> living vicariously through these teenagers. <laughs> She's like, by the way, when I was 17, I almost fucked my stepbrother and he got killed in a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> I had to kill a lot of vampires too. Is, also does she have like a problem. cigarette like thing on her like coffee table here in the scene? Like I don't know what that is. It looks like a bunch of cigarettes are sitting in front of her, like in this like weird little metal canister. 
Maybe. I want her to I think, smoke me like a cigarette that put me out in an I ashtray. I think Max smokes earlier in the movie. Like that's how you know he's evil, you know. I want it, I want her to take out her cross and just snort it. <laughs> do do a bump, yeah. I want her to take out her cross and snort me like cocaine, yeah. <laughs> and so then it's time for them to go off driving. I guess this is Eleanor's Benz, this like like Mercedes convertible here that they're driving off in. Yeah. Singing along to a 90s song, uh, A Bitch by uh, Meredith, Mer- Brooks. Meredith Brooks. Um, their hair is still not moving at all as they're driving at the top down. It's like Cruel Intentions meets Thelma and Louise. Yeah. 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 And again, I think, I think the message is, so you're a terrible person. That's not so terrible. <laughs> yeah. Which I kind of like because... Isn't that kind of the ending of uh, Cruel Intentions 2 or kind of the message of the ending of Cruel Intentions 2? Well, Cruel Intentions 2 is like a, a prequel, isn't it? Kind of. Like yeah, how but it's Philip, like... Or not Ryan Felipe. Uh, what was his name? Sebastian? Sebastian. Like how, yeah. how he became evil. or like. But it's yeah. like... At the end, it's like he just ends up like like uh, having sex with Amy Adams, who's like his antagonist throughout the whole movie. And it's just like, if you can't beat him, join him. Mm-hmm. It's just like, fuck it. Honestly, like I think I think there's some real comparison there because i feel like jennifer kate robinson could be the more successful roger cumble i see that yeah like she's operating a lot of the same places where where he was but she's making more of a name for herself and i think things like netflix are giving her that opportunity yeah although i'd say if you really want to be the moral successful version you got to stop doing netflix movies like you get you got to get back to the big screen yeah but unfortunately i mean he's directing like after movies and stuff like that yeah it's work where you can. Uh, so we get these like post credit sequences of basically like Nora and or Eleanor and Drea like making up with their SOs. You know, it's like she apologizes to him and it's like art artist space and Eleanor and Gabby just make out in the park or something on the grass. Yeah. And then Max is well, like, and like at, sorry, go ahead. Well, Drea admits that she drugged the school. Like, and we don't really see any sort of consequence come from that. Sure, sure. And then we see... Um, that was months ago. Max is in some sort of therapy thing called uh, Masculinity Examined. How to Untangle the Toxic Roots of Patriarchy. And he's like surrounded by like all these like older dudes talking about, like, you know, I just want to thank everybody for the safe space. Uh, after all, I've been through It's nice to be part of a community that really sees me. Okay. Amazing. That's a movie. Yeah, I'm pretty fun. I just, I, I always want these movies to go a little harder, but um, I don't know. It, at least it gave uh, Maya Hawk something to do besides be like the ice cream girl on Stranger Things. <laughs> All right, any uh, final thoughts? I think, well, I think a lot of people wanted to see her in like a another full on lesbian role, so I think mm-hmm. she's giving the people what she, what they want. Yeah. Does she ever actually get a girlfriend in Stranger Things? I think she might in season four. I don't know. I haven't watched it. I don't. They like end the season kind of like hinting that it might happen, but it's not a definite thing. Hmm. Yeah. Feels like the world's ending. Yeah. It seems like the stakes in that show have really elevated. Yeah. Fighting Russians and upside down like hell creatures. Yeah. And creepy British guys, too. Yeah. All right. Well, that was Do Revenge. If you have Netflix, you can check it out. 
if you listen this far, I've already spoiled everything, but I don't think this is a movie that really is spoilable. Like the, the quote unquote twists in it are pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, it is what it is. It's not there to be fine art. It's just fun. Yeah. I was never bored. Uh, I, I found it to be an oddity and I found that odd, the, the, the trying to pr- propel myself further. Like what is going on in this movie was enjoyable in its own way, but will I ever watch this movie again? I really don't think so. Oh, cool. All right. Well, um, before we get into any potentially spoilery trouble talk, thanks for listening everyone. Thank you to, uh, Rose for participating in our contest. Uh, my name is trouble.com. You can go check out our Trouble World Detective book series. Book three just came out. It's called Trouble Takes All Day. It's a lot of fun. It's like a double-sided book. It's like two books in one. Um, so you can check that out. We will be back with some of the runners up in our contest uh, to do, I think we're going to do some PLL commentaries um, yeah. on some PLL episodes. And then I think we're doing, we're doing Clueless. I think we should do that for this feed rather than Headcanon though. I don't know. Maybe we can just cross post it so it's on both of them. I feel we just like- talk about because it came out, the news came out after, and I'm curious what you think about this, Rose. They announced what they're going to do for season two of Original Sin. Right, yeah. And it's called Summer School? The same people? Yeah. Presumably? Yeah, they they announced it by just releasing this, like, I don't know, like, kind of concept already poster, which is actually the, the poster for some other movie, where it's just kind of like, this kind of like, very exaggerated like bimbo girl like cheerleader with like the the cheerleader megaphone like shoved down her throat like dead and it's like summer school above it and i don't know it was to me it was like this is a very odd visual presentation for this show to be going with especially for a show about female empowerment but like if you've ever noticed on like the they take the pictures and post them on twitter or whatever of like the riverdale scripts the pages always have some kind of key art that's tied into whatever concept they're they're ripping off in that episode and i guess they did the same thing for original sin so they're like yeah why don't we just do this to announce it just seems like you just got a pickup for this show and it's like i don't think anyone was that enthused Uh, according to the twitter people who 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 lit our asses up if they were but like um, all like 15 people yeah but it's like yeah, here we go. It's this concept, you know. I barely call this a tease, but it's an announcement. It's to awesome. be honest, I only watched the show because I saw you guys were going to be doing <laughs> podcasts about it. And so then I just binge watched the show. So sorry. And then <laughs> and then I just didn't listen to your podcast <laughs> because I was like, I can't go through this. <laughs> so I apologize. But I yeah, the only thing I liked about that show was the characters, the actresses I thought did a great job. And that was the only reason I liked it. Uh so maybe I I think I would watch a second season just to see what what they're doing. Give them a second chance, but um honestly I'm a sucker because it's PLL, you know. It's like is it though? It's like <laughs> it's not they're tricking us. They're like, hey, you like this thing, right? We're going to trick you by putting these three little letters in front of it. But I am um, convinced that they had a whole other script for some teen horror show 
and just oh, we're sure. like we're just putting the the name PLL on it as branding so people will watch it. I mean, like, can you imagine it, watching a, okay. a brand new HBO Max show about teenagers called Original Sin, <laughs> and it's this show? Yeah. <laughs> well, now it's PLL Summer School, I guess. Well, like that's the question too. It, it, are they doing like Pretty Little Liars colon Summer School, or is it like? Probably calling original sin dash, dash summer school. School. it's probably just gonna be pll summer school like i don't feel like original sin was like really that strong of a brand for them anyway so are they going to actually do anything bad this time <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see if uh, they lie they'll, this they'll, time. they'll do another bad show that's what they'll do <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right uh well that is the Dear Revenge podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about the Trouble Girl Texas series and, and Trouble Takes a Holiday now. So if you don't want to be spoiled for that, and you really shouldn't be if you haven't read the books, you can dip out now. But for those of you who've read, thank you so much for supporting our book and the pod. And now we can talk a little trouble. Um, so. I I love the book. Uh, I mean, good job, guys. I I... I you don't know this about me, but I'm actually a writer myself. Oh, I'm nice. trying to um, sell my first book right now. Um, and it's it's similar to yours, but not really. It, um, but I this has been my favorite of the three. I, I can tell how much work you put into it. And I really loved the two different books. I know... I just listened to your last podcast. So you, you did talk a a little bit about trouble there. Um, And, and it sounds like it was a lot more work than the other two. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's longer for one. And and yeah, keeping the continuity straight between the, the Mm -hmm. kind of two different perspectives on the same story. um, That was not a ton of fun, but I'm I'm really glad to hear you liked it. I loved (laughs) Yeah, I love that you let Jenny shine on her own and then Eliza shine on her own. Um, I I really think that benefited because I love the first book where you don't know that that's great. But then it's just like, this is the first book where like, okay, this is Eliza as a character. And I and I really love that. So um, I, I feel like it's a little bit like the movie where it's like you you think you know what's going on at first but then at the end you're like oh no Jenny was there the whole time which um so which I have I to suspected. ask did you did you suspect yeah I'm, I'm kind of curious like and and when did you suspect was it so when you saw just, that there were two covers well obviously <laughs> like I'm like oh Jenny's definitely gonna be here because that's just Jenny you know like that's the character she's not going to send Eliza somewhere and then not also be there and okay uh, that's interesting because like the cover I mean they're intentionally trying to mislead people with the cover it's like oh look she's like you know at the ocean somewhere she's definitely not at this castle even though she's only there for like four chapters like I think you did a good job because initially I'm like, Oh, I want to see where this goes. But then in the plot, when you're like, Oh, well, Jenny wanted to come to this castle, Jenny, like, so then once you're like that, it's like, okay, Jenny is here somewhere. 
Um, but I did not suspect that she was that old lady in disguise. <laughs> okay, that's good. I, I was worried that people would would pigeonhole that. Um, I know this. I, I'll be honest. I, I thank you for providing this insight. This is just like, just you know, like like sugar for me like to hear like people just seem like how they react to to various parts of the book um you know like when they suspect and when they don't suspect it's 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 nice to hear but it's also very useful you know it's like you're always trying to gauge like when when are people picking up on things are they are they getting a little too close to the truth at some point that sort of stuff but it's like you want them to be a little bit close because Mm -hmm. otherwise you're not doing your job as a writer so I, yeah, you I don't think... want it to come out of nowhere. Yeah, I think when right. we talked to to Joseph Doherty, his philosophy was, you want the audience to get it like five seconds before it's revealed, mm-hmm. then it feels like real to them. So who who is the stranger? I I think Ali said this as well, but I uh, even tweeted you guys. I think it to me. I think is Mr. Webb. Right? Mm-hmm. Is his name? Is mm-hmm. that his name? Um, yeah. Hamilton. So Wayne. I think he, like, he's up to something. And he's like, I'm like, who would Jenny suspect the least? And and that's just who makes the most sense to me. Hmm. But, interesting. Did it, did it ever occur to you that we put a spoiler on the cover um, with the shot of obviously Jenny and not Eliza uh, with somebody falling to their death behind her? Because I think I think we're 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 kind of tricking you into thinking that that is Eliza there, but it's not. It's Jenny. Really? No, I did not know that. Okay, I was worried that people would see that and immediately guess because, like, Eliza is outside when the guy falls. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. That yeah, that's really cool. No, I didn't think about that at all. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. Is that like? I feel like a lot of like books, the cover never necessarily is like exactly what happened in the book. It's just sort of like a vibe, you know, it's like the cover a lot of times, like on like Harry Potter covers, it's like what you're seeing isn't necessarily like an exact scene from the book or something, you know? Right. Yeah. I love, I love these covers guys. Like they are amazing. I love the vibes of these books (laughs) and I wanted the hardcover so much. Um, I I need to get the hardcover on the first two now because I I just love the hardcover. Yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned out. Um, shout out to our artist, my friend Mike. Um, he works really hard on both those covers, and I was like, I just must have been the client from hell, just being like, can you just, I like, hey, she needs to be wearing Make a locket. Bigger. Like I like halfway, you know, like through writing book two, I'm like, oh, she's supposed to have a locket on. Can you put the locket on? And he's just like, seriously. <laughs> Or make make the painting bigger. Yeah. yeah, can you make the painting bigger? Can you the guy looks weird how he's falling? Can you change the way he's falling in the background? Actually, can you make it rain outside and maybe like put some mountains in the back there to make it look like they're in uh you know Austria? But he does great work. Yeah, I'm, I'm, do you uh do you guys um like Harry Potter as much as Eliza likes Harry Potter? Um I'd say I definitely do. I don't know if Marco has read all the books. He's seen all the movies. I read three of them. You read three of them. Okay. Four of them, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Eliza definitely gets that for me. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Eliza's more of a fan of books in general. 
like Jenny kind of just knows the trouble books. I mean, she's branching out a little bit in this one, or she's actually reading like another book besides the trouble book. Um, but Eliza's the, the more kind of adventurous reader. I think Eliza reads lots of like YA and adventure stuff, you know, but Jenny reads what will reinforce her worldview. Gideon the Knight <laughs> is not you know, going to challenge her perspective on the world that much. <laughs> But yeah, I yeah, like that. I, I love that. that. Yeah, I love that they have distinct personalities. Like, you know, like, okay, one of them, you know, if I I love how you just set up these two characters, how they have to be Jenny, but then Eliza does squeeze in time to be Eliza. You do a really great job. So I'm curious, do you have like a tease that you're comfortable with for your book? With my book, okay. So, my book is a mystery, uh, as well, but it's more of like an adult beach read, cool. like a Jenny Vonovich type book. Uh, but it's it takes place in a world of superheroes, where a regular woman is just owns a bar and she's minding her own business, and a superhero wants her help because there is a drug being run out of her bar and he basically wants to just set up shop and spy in her bar and she ends up getting involved in this mystery that she doesn't want anything to be a part of um so it's it's just a fun book Mm -hmm. it's a lot uh I wrote it during the pandemic so I'm like I just need something fun right now right right yeah, that was one of our main goals with the troll books is like, o- overall, we want just like a fun mystery, you know, like it'll it'll have its serious moments and its pathos and whatnot. But it, it, we want it to be entertaining for people to read, you know. Um, well, the length came out of that's where the story went. But also, mm-hmm. I don't think we feel too bad about being longer because with mm-hmm. the pandemic, it's been longer yeah, I mean, I, I I consider it as two different books, really. That's kind of how I wrote it. Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to ask you, uh, speaking of the books, w- would you read Alicia's book, uh, Hands of Adamant? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Hmm. I have a friend who might, but like not a, me. A portal, fantasy portal, like for enemies to lovers. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of fun with that. Maybe too much fun, but... Um, I, I love, love that she's writing that, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's one of my favorite characters. The uh, little side characters have fun. Do you have any particular like favorites besides Jenny and Eliza? Um, I I really I'm interested in Jack. Initially, I didn't care for Jack as much, but I feel like in this book, especially now that he's part of the mystery and that he is still a little mysterious himself, I. I'm interested in him. I liked how him and Eliza were kind of uh, a, a little buddy team up. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, Jack. I think a lot he of fun. was my new favorite. Yeah, he was my new favorite in this book. Okay. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with Jack in this one. I think he's because we don't never get his perspective. You can do a lot of fun things with him, just like through the. Uh, the perspective of Jenny or Eliza. I want to make him just appropriately weird. 
but like them in enough way to be like, yep, you're a sibling. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely the the son of an RJ Valentine. Oh, what'd you think of RJ? We got we got some tastes of RJ in his diaries there. I thought that was really interesting. I liked it because I didn't really think of RJ much before this. I saw him as yes, this guy who died, and yes, the guy who wrote the books, and yes, the third missing father, but I like that we we got this young RJ who was having his own adventures and kind of set up who he would become. You know, I like that we got to see like, okay, why would he write these books? And we see that a little bit. So I I really liked it. I like that he he did the scavenger hunt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's a real rascal. Those sections are a lot of fun to write, trying to remember back to 1999. I was pretty annoyed when PL Original Sin also had their like flashback to Y2K. I was just like, God damn it. Uh I I don't think anyone will remember that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That nobody remembers that show that like a month no. after it aired. No, I I really enjoyed the flashback. And it it made me feel so old though, <laughs> when it was like the flashback to Y2K. I'm like Oh my gosh, I am I'm becoming an old person. But uh yeah, I, I did love all the flashback and and it had to be difficult to write between you know books one and two because you know we we only reveal part of it in mm-hmm. in book two. And so I appreciate that that had to be really hard to write. Yeah, I think originally it was only going to be three diaries and they were all going to come in Eliza's side. And at some point it was like, hey, wouldn't it be more interesting if we think we've got this reveal in like the RJ third of five diaries in the first book, but then we're going to totally change up what's really going on when we find out what's at the bottom of that like mystery chamber, you know? So that that I think was a a fun thing uh, to come up with to kind of, give these two different perspectives there and and stretch it across both books. I I think it worked better that way. Yeah. I love that. It was almost like a (laughs) Scooby-Doo-esque where it was like, Oh, it's, it's, it's something mysterious, but it's like, Nope, it's just a plain old rock that we've had. We have multiples of them. I love, I love that part. Fog machines and yeah. Secret speakers and stuff like that. Yeah. No, that was, it was a lot of fun. I I really loved it. Um, I I really, I I became a fan of you guys from PLO, the original. Um, and I just love that I've been able to follow you through Headcanon and then the books. You guys are really fun to follow. So congrats on being wonderful human <laughs> beings. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know for wonderful human beings, but. Thanks for putting up with us. Yeah. Yeah. Before, at least we let, entertaining. before we let you go, I feel like we have to ask, um, going back to PLL, like, are you an Aria, a Spencer, or were you, I should say, were you an Aria, a Spencer, a Hannah, or an Emily in high school? Or, or maybe somebody oh, definitely else? Definitely a Spencer. Hands Spencer. down, a Spencer. I feel like most <laughs> of our listeners are Spencers. Yeah. I was, you know, straight A student, editor of the yearbook. Nice. Happy, you know, editor of the newspaper. I I did all that. So, awesome. yes, Spencer. 
hands down. I wanted to be a Hannah, though. <laughs> <laughs> She's my favorite. She's the most fun. For sure. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you for everything you said about the book. It's uh, always such a treat to actually hear people's reactions and what they thought of stuff. It's just, it's, it's gratifying. It's also really valuable just to hear how other people are, are kind of experiencing it and kind of what they think and try to get an idea of, of which, where it can improve. Which you know as a writer. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me on. This was so much fun. I look forward to it so much. I had a horrible day not oh. getting Taylor Swift tickets. So uh, yeah, I hear that was, was a uh, real disaster online today. Taking, taking years <laughs> off people's lives. Yeah. I waited six and a half hours, did not get tickets. So <laughs> tomorrow I'm hoping. So, so there is a <laughs> chance still. You're still in the lottery. So there's uh, the credit card lottery, the Capital One presale, and then Friday is regular um i mean this podcast will probably come out too late but friday is where regular ticket sales go on so there's a couple different chances it's like the hunger games to get these tickets man it is it is the great war that's she (laughs) she preferenced it (laughs) you gotta be a mastermind to get them Uh yes (laughs) i hope you have good karma yeah okay before we go one last question favorite song off midnight's Oh, it's so hard, but probably Antihero. I know that's the basic answer, but it's just so good. So how about you guys? Jesus. Um, I mean, mine is probably Mastermind, but I I really like Karma. Karma is just like a really fun song. Yes. I love Karma. I I like so many. I like Karma. I like The Great War. I feel like a lot of people are down Mm -hmm. on The Great War. Um, I love Great War. Maroon, vigilante kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, it's, it's, it's growing on me more and more. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's kind of falling into that kind of folklore thing where I just like to put the whole thing on and just mm-hmm. kind of get lost in it. I, I like that it, it, it feels like itself. Like all of it feels like one long listening experience to me. So, excellent. Like every day, I have a new favorite, so it's yeah. hard to pick. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll be back probably within a week or so with some PLO commentary. So keep your earballs peeled. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.